Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Best of the Year 2019 Preview Show! This is fine. Guys, thanks, Taylor. Uh, Taylor, why don't you explain what we're doing tonight? What we're doing is, instead of uh, going through a whole bunch of rigmarole and having to have you guys wait in anticipation of what we're going to announce, we're going to preview all of our little brackies and uh, show you what's going on with them. So, and then so you can wait a down. little bit longer. Yeah, but then we're narrowing down to, uh, to just the top eight right here, right now. We used to watch so much stuff and listen yeah. to so much stuff. What if we were just like cut half of it tonight? Yeah, what if? And I think that's a great idea. For our listeners. Right, yeah. for, for the good of them. <laughs> for the benefit of our listeners. Yeah, for the listeners. Now, we're going to preview all of the best of the year shows that we're going to do, including uh, last week we had the Oscar draft. Cassie. How did that go in the past? In the was, past? Yeah, was your family really upset when they heard how bad your draft was? They did. They, they disowned me, but it's fine. <laughs> I found a new, a new community out on the street, and they supported me. Because P- Detective Pikachu is big out there, you guys. <laughs> on the street? On, on the, the street. street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cassie, how, uh, if you could rank how you think we did in the Oscar draft, starting from the bottom to the top, how would it go? Bottom to the top. Bottom is probably me. Taylor. Oh, All man. Right, that's, that seems mean. I was, uh, <laughs> I was, you got I, not last place. No. That seems very nice. Well, I mean, I'm I was, sorry. Listen, I'm sorry, Taylor. I was very, I was we very were... positive about our chances. but. Right. <laughs> and then um, I'm going to go, oh, man, it's so hard up at the top. Uh, yeah, very easy really... on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Mike, Ryan. All right. <laughs> Boo. Boo. That's the worst outcome for me. That person previewing Oscar draft was Cassie. The person who previewed this preview show was Taylor. Taylor, thanks for coming tonight. Thank you. I'm here. What's going on, everybody? Previews. And then, Mike, why don't you do the big, big introduction for Greg? You know him. You love him. You cheer him on every week on Movie of the Year. He's your host of that show, but not this show. Give it up for Greg. Thanks, everybody. It's me, Greg. I'm happy Greg's here, you guys. Are you? Yeah. Okay, that's not what you said before we started recording. Shh. That's no. You're going to ruin the mystique. What? Greg, do you have an introduction for Mike? I do. Live from somewhere in Colorado. It's a guy you love to hate. It's Mike. <laughs> it's true. I am in a undisclosed bunker. I move every night because there are ghosts haunting me because of my <laughs> father's deeds. <laughs> Most people have equal parts love to hate, hate to love. But yeah. he's just that one part. Yeah, just, just the one part. But I just like, I give joy even if it's the joy of hating me. Yeah, it <laughs> just feels good. And then straight from a bridal shower convention. Yes. Uh, Caitlin. Do you think in the Oscar draft you can place higher than Taylor and Cassie? I can guarantee it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. I, that I, that okay. definitely seems mean. She didn't even know what I picked. She didn't even put in the word. I don't even know who's on the draft, but I bet you I can beat you. <laughs> I don't even know who Oscar is. <laughs> Oscar Isaac, right? Yes. Pretty cool. Caitlin, typically your role on these shows where we cut stuff, yes. uh, where we knock stuff out of the bracket, yes. is to see what we love the most based on our faces and words uh-huh. and then vote against that. Are you yes. ready to yeah. do that tonight? I am so ready. <laughs> you are wearing uh, like a uh, hat of horns, mm-hmm. uh, but it still says Caitlin in cursive on your hat. Yeah, it's like Maleficent. Uh, like, you know, downtown Disney or Disneyland got really crazy and they changed the ears to like the Maleficent thing. Uh-huh. Super cool, super cute. So. And you didn't go with Kate or Cat? I thought that's how you preferred to be. Nope. No, nope. You, no. It's Caitlin. Okay. 
Guys, we're going to preview all of our end-of-the-year shows. Uh, we're going to start with music and then TV comedy, TV drama, and a little bit of movies. Taylor. Yep. Music is up first. Yes, it is. Are you ready for the shit? Eh. Okay. Let's actually not cut any albums. We're not going to do that. But TV okay. shows are going to be gone. Oh, but- well, that's a surprise because I, I cut a bunch of them, but... Now we're down from 32 to 16, it looks like, so we'll just have to make do with those. When we come back, Taylor's Albums of the Year. Welcome back, Taylor. Yeah, it's me. Just real quick. Yep. Do you think, was this a good year? I think, I think it was a very good year. I think it was, um, well, I mean, we'll see when I read through the list, but uh, I think it was a very particular feel of a year. And was, you mean for music, right? Not yeah, for the, just the, for music. It's yes, just a disastrous no, year for the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, listen, uh, in a lot of ways, 2019, not yeah. a great year. Uh, do you think that we might be getting our Donald Trump, Bob Dylan-esque albums this year? Is that what's going on? Uh, maybe. I, I, it, something was definitely in the water this year. Uh, there's, there's sort of a through line of, of, uh, emotions in, uh, these albums, but I think there's a, a pretty good variety as well. And you're against emotions. Yes. It well, makes music ex- worse. Un- yeah. Unless it's Carly Rae Jepsen's emotion, I don't want it. Yeah. If I'm listening to a song, the last thing I want is to, like, feel something. Yeah. Um, I do, uh... I do think I forgot. I had a thing that I really wanted to say about this and then forgot. So let's ignore it. Okay. Do you want to restart? So I'm, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, Listen, I'm, I'm best at ignoring things when I don't know they exist. And then somebody tells me they existed. (laughs) That's how I handle ignoring the best. Oh, the thing I was going to say is that usually (laughs) 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 most years, most years I look at the list and I think, this is garbage. My favorite albums aren't even anywhere close to this list. Uh-huh. This was the first year where I looked and I was like, yeah, this makes sense. So, okay. I, so I'm, I'm wondering if all of you hated this year. No, or maybe you're just... You're getting older. Yeah, dude, you're going normcore, man. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, Taylor's we'll at the age where he's like, 16 Paul Simon, sweet. Pretty soon you're going to get yeah. your ritualistic cargo shorts. Yes! Before we go over our music here, why don't we... Uh, yeah, let's go through the list. What's on that bracket? So, uh, number one seed is Lana Del Rey's Norman fucking Rockwell, which will be going up against my pick, which will be revealed at the end of the segment. I want to know right now. Could I just be told Nope, time? can't no. be do that. It's, it's Lana Del Taco. Just check it in. Uh, the number two seed, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Ghostine, will be up against 15 seed Dave, Psychodrama. Number three seed, Billie Eilish, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? We'll be up against 14, Michael Kiwanuka, Kiwanuka. Uh, number four seed, FKA Twigs, Magdalene, will be against Brittany Howard's Jamie. Tyler, the creator's Igor at number five seed, will be up against Vampire Weekend's Father of the Bride. You say Igor. Yes. Okay. Instead of Igor? That's, I, believe, I believe that that is actually how he pronounces it, is it's Igor. Teeler, the creator, is Igor. That's, yeah, that's very, like, young yeah. Frankenstein. Um, uh, Purple Mountains. Purple Mountains is up at number six. Against Sharon Van Etten's Remind Me Tomorrow. Angel Olsen, All Mirrors. Against Fontaine's DC Doggerel. And Way is Blood at number eight with Titanic Rising versus number nine seed Lizzo, Cause I Love You. That is your bracket, your top 16. To me, it's a bracket where you grab a stool, grab a guitar, maybe be naked while you play, and then have somebody say, somebody grab her a harmonica. Yep. Uh-huh. The most clever person in the movie, Forrest Gump. <laughs> it, is, it is a very singer-songwriter heavy it definitely list. Is. Um, so, th- I, which is very interesting, because I feel like in previous years, we've had a good mix like there's been a lot of like heavy metal and like obscure electronica yeah there's been ska Ska. there there has been ska 
but yeah, this is a there's a there's a certain vibe that you can listen to this entire list and and feel pretty at home in. Uh, and we're at the point now where if they just sing about generic sadness, we know it's based on Trump, right? Like they don't have yeah. to like be like reference things. I would say he's the wellspring of most sadness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He 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 is the elder god of sadness. Yeah, not to put too fine a point on it, but. It's like the ultimate wrongness in our universe. So yeah. I think that's how we all feel. Well, now we're going to go to each of you and hear your number one album that is not on this list. Kicking it off, Caitlin, what do you got for us? Well, Taylor, I looked at this list and I got really sad. Want to know why? Why? Why did you get because sad? Because there was one album this year that changed my life and it wasn't on this list. That's that's perfect. I'm glad that you brought that because that's exactly what we need and from I you. Everyone would agree it's probably the best Album of the year, it's Happiness Begins by the Jonas Brothers. How did I know that's, wow. that's where that was yeah. going? Wow. It still manages to be a surprise after all these years. <laughs> yeah. uh, what What about this uh, Jonas Brothers album did you particularly appreciate? It was a Jonas Brothers album? It was, there number you one, go. it was a Jonas Brothers album. Number two, it, was, it has been 10 years since we've heard from the Jonas Brothers. So it Has a, it been that long? It has At been the 10-year so mark, long. we're like, we're done. We, we, we will never hear from them again. They just we disappeared and then 10 years later reappeared, all with beards. <laughs> And like uh, celebrity wives. Yeah, yeah, they won't say what happened in the time they were gone. <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought it was a really great album. Um, and the documentary that went along with it and the tour was really great. So overall, great album. Changed my life. All right. Well, that's a weird pick, but uh, it's a very Caitlin pick. <laughs> and quick, that is what we're here for. In what yes. way would you say it changed your life? You, <laughs> ma- you mentioned that several times. How okay. would you say it changed so your life? So imagine being without the Jonas Brothers for 10 years, okay. Done. sitting okay. in the corner crying. Now I don't have to. Instead, I can sit in the corner and listen to the Jonas Brothers okay. and cry of happiness. That is a change. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, is a change. that is a change. Cassie, what album changed your life as much as the Jonas Brothers? Yeah, Cassie, are you I, pissed that Caitlin just stole your pick? I'm so pissed right now. It's the Oscar draft all over again. But I don't know if I'm going to end up taking one of yours, Taylor, and I'm sorry if I step on your toes. No, absolutely take that shit. Okay, all right. Then I have your permission. But I feel like any year where our girl Carly Rae Jepsen comes out with an album and it's not in the top one, it has to be, it's got to be recognized because she is the queen of bops, sad bops, just bops in general, Cassie, all of them. thank you for taking this because, spoiler alert, that wasn't on my list and it was driving me crazy. Okay, all right. Then I'm doing the Lord's work. You are doing the Lord's work. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that was a very good pick, Cassie. That... Very narrowly no missed my sense. list. Cassie Ray Jepsen. <laughs> hey Ryan, what have you got for us? I just, when I think about music, I think about what moves me, what gives me emotion. And it's 90s punk bands covering songs. <laughs> Listen to this, guys. Listen wow. to this. I'm already moshing. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Th- uh, this. this is a very Ryan pick. This is that is that is a Ryan pick uh, through and through. <laughs> we'll just listen to it again. That's the best part Start of it. Start it right on up. Newfound Glory came out with "From the Screen to the Stereo 3. <laughs> Eight new songs from movies that they took and they were like pretty good songs. What if we made them pop punk? And it was a fucking masterpiece. Oh and I cannot believe how much it changed my life. Uh, how uh, it's not on the bracket bracket and it changed my life. Wow. Okay. Um, so a lot of changing of lives happening that. It, didn't end up on a best albums of the year bracket. Seems like it was a, a really, really uh, tumultuous year for music. Mike, what, yes. what album are you putting on here? 
I guess I can't do from the screen to the stereo three. Oh, do it, baby! I you can. There's nothing. Times. There's nothing in the rule book that says a dog yeah. can't play b- basketball, or that you can't pick that album. Uh, now I know the audience can't see my T-shirt, but I wondered accidentally if I was giving my favorite album of the year away <laughs> by wearing what I wear most days. Uh, and your T-shirt, just for the listeners at home, your T-shirt says "Spice Up Your Life." It's "Spice Up Your Life." It's, it's uh, the soundtrack to Spice World from 1999. Uh, the Menzingers' "Hello Exile" came out this year. Uh, and their album from last year was my favorite album. And they are just showing how to punk and age gracefully. Uh, check out Hello Exile, America, You're Freaking Me Out, and High School Friend are two excellent songs. And I've heard of this band. They're a little punky, but uh, based on my research, they write their own songs and not like redo older songs no, in a pop punk do, style. That is a mark against them. They write their own songs. Stupid. <laughs> stupid idiot. Yikes. How weird. Tied with that is Pop's morbid stuff. It's fucking great. All right, you get one, buddy. You get oh, yeah, one. That's why I said it quicker. Yeah. What it was that? Yeah, all right. You can't. Wow. Well, also, Newfound Glory. Ah, <laughs> what a breach uh, of etiquette. All right, well, Greg, in- ignoring the breach of etiquette, they are in contempt of the, the house. Uh, what what have you what have you got that's not on this list? Um, this year, I only listened to Synthwave yeah. and yeah. Lo-Fi Hip Hop. Yes. So uh, I don't actually have any good albums for 16 of them to be taken away. Those are the only music. I, that's the only yeah. music I was do anyway. But uh, you, Taylor, introduced me to somebody, and I decided to check him out, and then uh, I liked him, and then he fucking died, and it was fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Juice World's Death Race for Love. Uh, you just sang some of his songs, and I kind of thought it was a joke, and then I listened no. to it, and it's about a young man, like, just feeling like he's going to, like, he wants to die so bad, and then he fucking died just like he yeah. said like and it was just something's wrong with the the soundcloud rappers and i think yes. we should check on them because they keep saying they don't want to be alive and then they fucking keep dying and we're like, yeah. oh cool song Whatever. yeah yeah but that's... it's i don't know that i like this album because it's messed up to yeah, listen to people it's... sing about how fucking depressed they are and then yeah. watch those people drug overdose in front of you what are we doing? This is so fucking crazy. Yeah, especially in retrospect. Like, it's it's a pretty sad album to listen to. Yes! It's, yeah, I'm glad that you brought this up, because I wanted to give it an honorable mention. Because The first song on it's called Empty. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... It's, it's a bummer. I checked the uh, Spotify Top 50 after he died, and so, like, he had, like, six songs oh, yeah. to shoot up to the top. And yeah, they're all just called like "Gonna Die Soon." Yeah, yeah. somebody help me out. And I, on, I'm freaking out right now. On our list is the Billie Eilish album, dude. That's half of that album too. Yeah, she's fucking seven. Just turned eighteen years old, dude. We can't just watch these kids say this stuff. Billy, yeah. they're call children. Me, we have to fucking do something. Don't call Ryan. Yeah, guys, <laughs> don't take don't take pills. Just stop taking pills. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very sad, but I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I really enjoyed that album. He made, it's called death race for love. The album looks like a PS one game. It absolutely cover. does. Uh, it's definitely got that SoundCloud sound. Uh, yeah. How old, how old was juice world when PS one came out? Honestly, dude, he was like one year old. Yeah. yeah. PS one years old. PS one years old. And I have a fucking PS one that still works. And that no, guy's no. And that guy's dead. Go get it. Oof. This system lasted longer than he did. That's <laughs> fucked up. Uh, uh, Taylor, let me ask you one question before we get into this. Yeah. For reals, how many like albums and songs did the bracket actually knock off your list? It, it knocked off a pretty good chunk. Uh, like I think I think my top several picks got like knocked off by the bracket this Damn. year. Um, and so my my list of things that are off bracket are they're they're very me picks and they're things that I just enjoyed that I don't think 
got enough critical attention. Um, Unlike mine, which everyone loved, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> a- absolutely. Critical darling. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I picked some stuff that be, because like I said, usually when I pick a 16th seed, it's because I think you all screwed up and I need to correct the bracket. Um, these are just things that I really enjoyed that are going up against other albums that I really enjoyed. Uh, so starting off with my number five, I'm giving you five because I'm hosting and I get to oh, do that. You're allowed to do more than yeah. one piece of shit. Uh, number- <laughs> well, actually, you can only do four because Mike did two. He took one, uh, one of yours okay. away. Yes, that's fair. That's how it works. Uh, I didn't well, get to talk about mine that long. Well, I'm holding myself <laughs> in contempt of chamber. And my number five is a, an artist from Britain who's a female rapper called Little Sims yeah. from her album Gray Area. Uh, and this is a little... This is a little bit from it. Uh, I really, like, I had not heard anything about her until this year. And then uh, part of the thing that I did this year was just listen to every album that came out every week. Yeah. And this was one that I was like, oh, I like this a lot. It's, like, very smooth, but she's also just an extremely talented rapper. Yeah. Uh, and singer. Better than Dave? Better than... Uh, I saw that Dave made the bracket. Yeah. Produ- <laughs> pro- better than Producer Dave? Dave. <laughs> Producer Dave made the bracket, which... Uh, Good for him. Was wild, uh, but yeah, I just I, I really like this this album. Not much more to say. Very chill sound. Uh, my number four pick is uh, from a, an artist called Sudan Archives, who I discovered this year. Who is a uh, like a, a Sudanese woman who does a lot of like R and B, and she also is a violinist who cool. takes nice. takes inspiration from Sudan uh, cultural music. Uh, and her album Athena was very good this year, and that is going to be my. Number four. It had. She has a lot of songs that are very atmospheric and slow to start, but then get real wild. Um, and Once you're from other countries, that means that like your next level, right? Yeah, and uh, she's uh, just like an incredibly like beautiful woman who like her music videos are very cool. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. It, it's like very. I I would put it on. I think I might have listened to this album more than any other album this year, because it just like it grooves so fucking hard. Yeah. Is this a good uh, like fuck album? Um, it seems like it. Uh, I'm doing it right now. It's 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 a pretty good fuck album. Once you get sure. strings into the equation, yeah, and, yeah, and dude. Because she is like a, a legit like extremely talented violinist. Uh-huh. Like you get all of that together, uh, and it's it's dope as hell. You should definitely check out Sudan Archives Athena. Next up is uh, an album that I feel like went under the radar. Like people just like listened to it once maybe and then ignored it. But uh, Solange put out an album this year called When I Get Home. Uh, and it didn't get the Cranes in the Sky uh, treatment or A Seat at the Table was the album title. Uh, but I fucking, I loved this album and I feel like it does a very specific, like, uh, it, it like it sounds like it came from Houston music to me. Also a fuck album. Yes, also a fuck album. Like it's, it, it's, it, Solange doesn't do the big bombast of like Beyonce. She's much more laid back. Uh, but I just like I feel the groove of her stuff, and this was another one that I would just find myself putting on, like if there was nothing else I wanted to listen to, I was like, I want to listen to Solange this year. This is not a weird ass Taylor choice. This one, I am shocked that this did not make the bracket. I, I yeah, it too- was it was like a very well regarded album, right? Th- this was one that I put on specifically because I feel like people talked about it when it came out. We're like, this is very good, and then the end of the year lists, people sort of ignored it. Like it just 
like got swept under the rug, and I feel like that is uh, criminal and should not be allowed. But like this is two in a row, like great albums for her. Like yes, uh, so Solange is great, and uh, she also does a lot of uh, collaboration with Blood Orange, who we know from this show. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a big fan of who also put out an album this year that's not on this list um, because it was a it was a little mixtape, and it's fine. Uh, next up is one that I I truly believe I am upset. These top two, I am both upset that. You believe you're upset. I, I am I am upset okay. that, that these did not make it. But uh, Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib put out another album this year. Their 2014 album, uh, Pinata, was, I, I think, maybe one of my favorite rap albums of all time. Uh, and Bandana was, I think, equally as good. Uh, and I think it just got a, got a little swept under the rug. But it is super fucking good. All of the beats are extremely chill. Mad Lib, I think, is rightfully in the conversation of, like, best producers of all time. Uh, and Freddie Gibbs can just rap over anything. I also love a good intro. That's becoming very clear. Here we go. You like really long intros, too. Of course. Give me a text-to-speech Japanese man introing every song. Bad vinyl in the background. Absolutely. They also just did a... Mando! Yeah, dude, Carl Weathers. That's very timely. Very yeah. timely. Uh, they also uh, just did a Tiny Desk concert where it's all acoustic instruments and they had one of the best piano players I've ever seen. Uh, this is a great album to just sit back and just vibe the fuck out to. Uh, listen to this album. It's super good. All the way through. I just got the thread, you guys. I don't know if you have, of Taylor's top five albums of the year, not on the bracket. Uh, Taylor really started fucking this. Yeah, one. dude. <laughs> good job, Taylor. This, I'm very proud of you. This list brought to you by Taylor's hips, man. <laughs> All right. Well, prepare yourself for... More hips, less hops. Yeah, dude. Prepare yourself for the uh, the album that absolutely you, sh- you might fuck to, but not me. Uh, folks, an album came out this year that I just discovered, like, a week or two ago that went under the radar for me. And as soon as I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is a me as fuck pick. Uh, it is uh, by the artist called 100 Gex. It is an album called 1000 Gex. That's cool. <laughs> I, do, I do like that. Uh, is there 10 songs? There's 10 tracks on it? I, I believe so, yes. Uh, and the way, the way that these two people make music, they live across the country from each other, and they just send each other like a logic profile back and forth like a dozen times uh-huh. each making changes each time to it until it becomes uh like a thing and this is what i'm putting on i want to make you all listen to this album <laughs> and specifically uh but we Ra- can just vote it right out right away right you, you could <laughs> yeah you could ryan and we will because it's gonna be all going up against the number one seed yeah right. fleabag it's going up against fleabag <laughs> <laughs> ryan could you could you just play me the, the song money machine real quick No, I love this. Yeah, I love dude. I'm, I'm into it. Is this a song to a truck? Uh, it is a lot about trucks. <laughs> to the cyber truck, right? Yeah. Your window breaks. You could fuck to this. You could. You definitely could. You just have to fuck a truck. Uh, 
it's it's very good. There's also another song on here called "Stupid Horse" that um <laughs> that, that is basically uh, Ryan. If you want to just pull it up and play it right at the beginning, it has a little. Uh, I think this makes like Sophie look like Rod Stewart. This is wonderful, dude. Oh uh, well, then I am so glad that you said that. This makes Sophie look like Rod. Stewart. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think that was supposed to be like shade, but. Yes. Lana Del Rey, watch out. <laughs> yeah, I, this, this is the song that as soon as it came on, I was like, I think I might have some fans among this crowd for this album. Mike is doing Did that. Do you all the music to DDR? Yeah, that this, early internet guy. This sounds like Japanese pop for sure. <laughs> it does. It sounds like anim- something in anime. <laughs> it, it absolutely does. Uh, and that's as soon as I heard it, I was like, you know what? I'm putting this on here. Lana Del Rey might might be taken down. Who knows? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but if they put sex in like Japanese animation, why have they yeah. never done that before? <laughs> it's, oh, have I have a dark corner of the internet for you, my friend. That's our idea, you guys. Don't take it. <laughs> it's A lot of their music, to me, sounds like if you took regular music and made it a vague threat. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like that. That's how I feel, and that's the thing that I love. That about reminds music. me a little bit of Kill versus Yeah, Game. yeah, yeah. That, it, that another thing that is extremely my shit. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna be Lana Del Rey, which it's seated up against, but yeah. I think like we're all stoked that that was the number one, yeah. right? Yeah, like, it could have been so much. It worse. already won our heart. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I made a good pick, and that is the preview for the. Best of the year for albums. So coming up next week after the show, we are going to decide what is the number one most 2019 album of the year. Could it be Stupid Horse uh, 100 Gex? Could it be 100 Gex? <laughs> 100 Gex off the album, 1,000 Gex? Yes. <laughs> or could it be anything else? We'll decide in a week. But coming up next, the dramas of television. The drama of 2019 television. Some would argue that 2019 gave us enough real-life drama that we didn't really need to watch it on the big screen in our homes, because we all have big screens in our homes. Uh, are you guys normally drama watchers? Is this something that you're like into? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like totally comedy guy with just like a couple of, of dramas, but yeah, mostly it's like to forget about the horrors of the world. Would you guys say that you watch, you spend more hours watching reality TV than dramas? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. I'd say nailed maybe it reality. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. And and yes. It's mostly nailed it over and over again for me. Yeah. I would say equal for me, but certainly what do you guys think should be on the reality bracket? If we were to have one love Island, nailed it. Yeah. Love Island was a huge hit. <laughs> Absolutely. British, love Island. British Bake Off. Yep. The Bachelor. Uh, Bachelor. RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would really I would really want, uh, what's the fashion one that I watch all the time? Project Runway? Yes, oh, Project Runway so would be good. Because that's my favorite of all America's of Next Top Model. Oh, the Circle. <laughs> Caitlin, when you say Love Island, is that the? Is there an American version that we watch? No, we don't watch that one. Oh, we don't. No, <laughs> no we, we watch We UK's, don't talk about it in polite company. The UK or the Australian version. Oh, the Australian one. That yeah, must be I fucked up. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but the UK oh. one is, it's wild. Crikey. I didn't even know they had love on Australia. <laughs> love, love, love Island's the entire nation of Australia, isn't it? All right. Before, yes. before that continues, uh, we do have our bracket set. We're going to cut half of them right now. But before we do that, uh, let's go around and talk about what didn't make the list. Mike, what's the drama that's missing here? I think what I really like in dramas is uh, 
just like a ragtag cast of characters, you really did get to know their personalities and how they bounce off one another. And I think year in, year out, the crew of the Wave Rider is uh, – are they are they too good? Are they too charming? I think it's insane that Legends of Tomorrow isn't more often on the top dramas of the year list. This is one of the first brackets that Legends of Tomorrow did not make the 16th seed. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> this is very much our shit, but it is our shit, and it would be wrong not to talk about it at all. What are some season highlights for 2019? Oh, man. I, I mean, man. the whole crossover. Well, well, they switched into magic. That's the big thing. Is oh, yeah. That deadly unicorn. Scary yes. unicorn. Yeah. Scary unicorn. They got really big into magic, the gathering, the yeah, card absolutely. game. and just played that for like three all episodes. The, all the mana. Yeah. <laughs> I, gained, I gained three lands. <laughs> they went through time and gathered first. all the magic, the gathering all stars from 91 to 94. Uh-huh. Like They just shot through time back and forth. I play soul ring. <laughs> That's my only thing I know about magic. <laughs> it's that one card, Soaring. I, I only know mana, but Mike said it, so. We need more mana. Soaring is, of course, the ar- artifact that gives you one colorless mana. Yeah. Yep. Of course. Wow. Right. Check out this guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I believe it costs. like the plane shifters? Because that, like, it made the game too dumb. No, that's cool, dude. Yeah. Really? It's, uh, it's an extra wrinkle for the game. I think it's cool. But there's a lot of formats, guys, out there. Keep that in mind. You can play classic format if you want, Mike. That might be for you. Cool, Greg. Follow-up question. Uh, <laughs> Guys, I think I'm going to get into Magic the Gathering. <laughs> uh, was there a drama that you were surprised did not make the list? Me personally? Yes, sir. No. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, I was really shocked. I came down to two, uh, but the one that I was absolutely shocked was Killing Eve because that is very 2019. The other one would have been Gentleman Jack, uh, but uh, Killing Eve was like, it's sexy, it's cool, it's Almost won dangerous. our bracket last year. Yeah, uh, it's... Phoebe Waller Bridge, because I don't I don't think she was that involved in the second season, and I think it fucking shows. Yeah, somebody who watched all of Killing Eve season two in like a day. Uh Only my wife and I kept being like, we have to, right? We love the first season. We can't just stop. It was dog shit. Wow, like bad. Yeah, that's harsh. Do you think that like there should have been a different showrunner to like make the transition better, like a different uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge into the second season? I think, yes, that's exactly what I think. I love you, Mike. Then would you say it, Mike? <laughs> I think they just needed a different showrunner to maybe Phoebe Waller Bridget to a better... <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Print it. I didn't like that. It made me uncomfortable. <laughs> just so everybody knows, that's a drop that we have that we use about Taylor. That was not actually him. Oh, Taylor, you're back. Hey, what, what did I miss? And currently zipping up your pants. Cool, thank you. Well, i got to get back to the show. What drama did you love that you think should have been on the bracket? Uh, well, as I said before, I do not watch dramas. I believe I watched two of them. Uh, and the third one is one that wasn't on the bracket, so I, I picked a thing that we watched for a different show. Doom Patrol was very, very good, you yeah. guys. Mm, it was good. Doom Patrol's a very good show, and it's a, yet another ragtag group uh, banded together solving time mysteries. <laughs> That's that seems to be our thing. That is, that is what we're into. How does time work? Nobody knows. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, we don't care to know. It seems like we really like shows that we watch for other podcasts. Do you guys think Doom Patrol was good enough that, like, depending on where it was seated, it could make it to the second round? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, it was really good. I like, I there's there's a lot of shows on this list that I think it, Doom Patrol could beat. But Legends of Tomorrow is like very much our shit, but Doom Patrol is just a really good show. Yes. that's wh- When I pitch people Legends of Tomorrow, I'm like, you have to understand that I really like this show. <laughs> you have to start watching Legends of Tomorrow, sort of like it, and then you'll love Doom Patrol. Yeah. There's a teddy bear that's sentient for some reason and is full of love. 
Caitlin, yeah. what'd you watch this year that's not on the bracket? Uh, so there's one thing that came out at the very, very end of the year. So I think that's why I didn't make it on the bracket. But The Witcher, have you guys heard oh, of it? The oh, Witcher. yeah. Does it count? Shout out to Yennefer. Yennefer. Of course that still counts. <laughs> it can't, like, it's, I mean, eligible. It came out yeah. at 19 for sure, yeah. Yeah. Was it good? It was really good. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, could you, you sing know. us the song? What? But can you sing us the Witcher toss a half penny song? Yes, I can't remember it right now. <laughs> cool. So no, then uh, the answer is no. But I could I'll sing it. Plenty, oh. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> uh, Producer Dave is a Witcher game player, right? and when I talked to him about the show, he was like, "I just got to get through it. Like, I'll, like there's yeah. a, a finite amount of episodes, and I just got to barrel through." It. That's the the Witcher games are ones that I uh, bought several years ago, and they have been sitting in my Steam library for a very long time. And I have played, I believe, 10 minutes of the second one, and I have not touched them since. Do you guys ever get emails from Steam that are like, uh, 12 people in Brazil are really enjoying your <laughs> yes. account right now? Yeah. It's like, check this out. Listen, bud, just buy Owlboy, okay? Do us a favor. Yeah. Please buy Owlboy. It's $9 right now, man. Uh, buddy, you seem sad. Buy Stardew Valley. <laughs> or, you know what? I, uh, just enjoy my account, I guess. Yeah. I don't think my credit card's attached. Cassie, what did you love this year? Uh, this year, I loved His Dark Materials. Yeah, I thought it was uh-huh. a pretty good adaptation. I know not everyone super loved it, but I was I'm into it, and it's like it's a good mix because I'm not into drama that much either. So it's a good mix between like it doesn't when I watch it, I don't want to like die instantly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? It's either die or cry with drama. And this one, like, it still has incredibly sad moments, but like there's like uplifting moments too. There's so also a, a fucking bear that wears armor. That's fucked. That's kick ass. And he has guys. to call to the bear like bears. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Bears straight up assemble. There's yeah, they call. super cool witches. Yes. There's a hot air balloon. It's Everybody, got everything. Dude. This, is a little hot animal animal friend. <laughs> this is a fucking hot air balloon. You guys <laughs> curves in all the right places. Top, bottom sides. Uh, Witcher seemed like Netflix is and his dark material seemed like HBO's like, Game of Thrones is going away. We got to so replace that. it. Do something. Any, either one of them come close? I don't think so. And this is the best book from the His Dark Materials. Like this is the be- the one that could most likely be adapted for a Game of Thrones type show is the first one of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it did okay, but uh, I'm worried about where it's going. And I don't know. It just it, to me personally, I thought it was a little flat um, compared to how epic the first book is. And, like, and it could be better than Game of Thrones, but what they were looking for is everybody watches it and we don't know why. Yeah. And that's what they were trying to replace. Yeah. I mean, it's a show for kids, so there's not going to be boobs. So that's like... <laughs> boobs. <laughs> Did the polar bear cover his boobs? Uh, yeah, with a big yeah. fucking piece of armor and it was rad. <laughs> You want him to cover up them bear titties. <laughs> My show that did not make the bracket, and oh no, wait, it did. I oh. got to pick the 16th seed, was Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. This yes. is the last year. Um, and, and this is TV drama bracket, correct? TV drama, yes. <laughs> and we like this show has bounced back and forth between comedy yeah. drama brackets over the years. I do feel like after this season, and looking back on all of it, drama is where it belongs. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think when, when you say it's a funnier drama than a. Dramatic comedy? It was ultimately a, or it is ultimately a commentary on how mental breakdowns are often romanticized in romantic comedies. And what it really was about was somebody having a series of mental breakdowns and then learning how to like put her life back together. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it is primarily a drama. It's just told through this weird comedy lens. Also, it's, it's an hour. So yeah, drama. it is, it is <laughs> 60, That's the rules. 60 of your American minutes. If you go over 24-minute runtime, you're a drama, baby. Yeah, get the it, fuck out of here. It just happens, man. 
But yeah, it seemed like that her purpose was no longer counting the amount of laughs per screenplay of episode. But yeah. Like, trying to tell this particular story regardless of laughs. And I have an expression that only I use, Ryan, which is they were able to stick the landing. I love when shows stick the landing. You got to stick the landing. Why but don't shows do that? I feel like they came up with a solution that's very true to her, which is like there is no like one man who right. like serves as the answer to everything. And that was very satisfying. It was a very good ending. Yeah. And then they had a show where they like did a live performance afterwards. Oh and that was really God. good. I didn't cry at all. Yeah. <laughs> I heard nobody did. <laughs> I can't believe we weren't there. We should have been there for that. I know. We, we tried, okay? Let's not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Tickets might have sold out fast or something. No. Well, maybe when Watchmen does its live ending in L.A., we'll go see that. Uh, unfortunately, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is the 16th seed, and it goes up against Watchmen. Oh, Legends man. of Tomorrow did not make the bracket. Doom Patrol didn't. But, guys, one of our shows on Superhero Hour Hour <laughs> is the number one fucking seed. Yeah. You guys. What a, what a what world. world. Well, well, what a well. World. <laughs> Uh, this was the most compelling, most interesting. Uh, I was so excited about this show when it first came out, and then it ends with uh, someone like lynching a sheriff, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, the first episode, yeah, good luck, everybody. <laughs> uh, let's see how Uh-oh. this goes." It because uh, the first episode is like, "Yeah, this is all going to be about racial violence and America's like undigested racial problems, and that's going to be everything that the story is." Because how do you tell a story about America in any capacity that isn't about racial injustice and prejudice and white supremacy. And I was so scared after that first episode, but that energy was like the energy that compelled the entire series. And honestly, like every single episode was just phenomenal. And managed to do like, it it, it took the comics and it had a lot of basis in the comics and made revelations pulley hold from class that as soon as you saw them were like, well, a a fucking course, this is so obvious. How did I never think of this before? But it's, it, I'm in, I am in awe of what this show managed. Even if, like if I was like the Watchmen comic was like two and a half stars, you just have to admire it based on what they thought adaptation means. Yeah, which yeah. is you know like we'll do what we want and we'll be true to that and we'll be true to ourselves. And Rebecca, I don't know what to tell her. Yeah, this is gonna make her so sad. Yeah, sorry, sorry, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she won't find out. I know that's 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 probably crazy. We have for me one listener. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just, Rachel Bloom. <laughs> one show had a lube man in it and one yes. did not. Show one needed a lube man. man. One could have had a lube man in okay, it. Okay, that's obviously Petey, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is confirmed in PDP. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, Very yeah. cool. There should always be a website companion that explains things that happened in your series. <laughs> yes. If Rebecca at the end of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was like, no, Josh, no, the other guys, and then the camera just moves to Lube Man. She's Lube like, Man. You Lube and my guy. He slides right in at the last moment. If you, <laughs> if you are still going into the sewers in 2019, dude, I don't know what the fuck to tell you anymore. <laughs> there are obviously Pennywises down there. And Ninja Turtles yes. are still yeah. hanging around. That would be why I'd be going I down I have to call a vote. Mike, Watchman or Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? It, I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but it's uh, going up against possibly the best show of the decade. So Watchmen. Greg? Watchmen for sure. Taylor. <laughs> Shut up, it's Watchmen, you idiot. Caitlin. This was sad to cut Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but Watchmen. Cassie. Yeah, it hurts, but Watchmen. Watchmen moves on. Your number 15 seed is Mindhunter. Another one that is like Killing Eve, where we love the first season, second season comes out, and I, did we all say meh? Here's the thing. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's, that's Mike's take. I thought that the first season was, oh, this is fine. I, I didn't finish the first season. 
because I couldn't get through it. Uh, it's fine. And then you loved the second season? I didn't watch it because I don't care. <laughs> I, I think we all sort of said, man, I've ne- I, other than Mike, Mike is the only one who I've talked to who really loved it. Every, like, I don't know anyone who was super jazzed about season two of Mindhunter. What I love about Netflix as a production entity, they go, will only Mike and his wife watch these shows? That's fine. And yeah. they, they just give us Santa Clarita Diet in Mindhunter my, season two. My favorite part of Mindhunter is how they just have regular ass episodes where stuff happens. And then every single episode has like a one minute vignette of like a guy drinking a glass of milk. Yeah. And it's like, you know, this is going to fucking pay off one day. <laughs> We're going to find out why this guy has just been like walking around his apartment and we've seen it slowly unfold. My favorite part of Mindhunter is that the two leads, anytime they like discover something in the case, uh, they high five and say Mindhunter, and then yeah. leave the room. Yeah, while uh, chanting Mindhunter, Mindhunter, Mindhunter. Guys, it's up against Succession, quite possibly the most 2019 show that's ever been created. Fuck you guys! I watched so much Succession this year because I missed the first season. I powered through the entire thing. It's it, other than Watchmen, it might be my favorite show. <laughs> yeah, it was. This was like you were excited all week long to get to the one hour. Where you I, could watch this show. I will fucking die for Cousin Greg. Music, yeah. Music is oh, perfect. Wait. The guy Just who I... Presented s- on screen finally? Yes. yes. <laughs> the, guy, the guy who absolutely cribbed hat news, by the way. Oh. I'm, I'm coming for you. I just think it might be a good idea if like, maybe we were going to do... Every week since I met Taylor, at least once a week, he's like, Hey, Ryan, what if we just didn't throw water bottles at me? <laughs> You're like one of my best friends. <laughs> if I had like some incriminating evidence about some of your behaviors, uh, where would I present that to you? Yeah, Succession is, like, everything you need. It's got rich person porn, which you just get to watch it and be like, man, what if you fucking could take a helicopter? Yeah. Like, what if you were... Yeah, dude, just like, we're going somewhere. Everybody, get in the helicopters. That's awesome. You just throw out a bunch of seafood because you want pizza. But it's also... Oh, yeah. It's also... Seafood tower, no. Pizza tower. Pizza (laughs) tower. I need pizza. Terrible people being so clever that you eventually just start liking them. Like, (laughs) that is pop filter. Yeah, I feel like you vote on it because of the people in it. Like, I'm I'm for it because of Roman, who's, like, just the most petty little sassy bitch, Uh but I'm all for it. I I love love Roman. Roman. Yeah. Uh, The the episode where they cover how Tom sent Greg uh, 67 emails that say you can't make a tomlet without breaking some Greg's. At, like, a congressional (laughs) hearing. And that... I, f- I cannot think of a funnier thing to reveal he at a they, congressional And hearing. then just passed out because he used all of his cleverness for like the next decade. Yeah. I, I can't come back from that. They asked him, the Congress asked him if you knew that person. And he's like, you know, I'm not, I don't hear too, I don't to, to understand. I don't think I know him. And no. they're like, you emailed him 67 times in 24 hours. He's like, oh yeah, him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cassie. Uh, we have to go with the show that took a huge leap from first season to second season. It became a hit. Or the one who just fell down a cliff and no one talked about. Succession <laughs> or Mindhunter? Succession. Kaylin? Succession. Taylor? Succession. It's Succession. Succession. Oh. Mindhunter. Mindhunter. <laughs> I was just doing the chant from the show. You guys don't get it. <laughs> Your next bracket, and only one of these can move on. Uh, both historical tales, tales. One is Ryan Murphy doing his thing on FX with Fosse... Burden? Yep. The other one is Chernobyl. Yeah. Which one do you guys think really grabbed us and told us about the history that we wanted to know? Yeah, we're, we've all been clamoring for uh, a Fosse Burton <laughs> biopic, right? Oh, no, yeah. What I want to see I is people love, melt. Yeah. I love that. I just want to yeah. watch dudes and dogs melt. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's what I always want. Fosse Burton was rad. Um, it was. It's all told out of like chronological order. It's very effectively done. It's two 
stellar performances, but especially Michelle Williams. Yeah. Fucking absolutely just killing it. Because she's at the point where, like, hey, co-star, try your best. I yeah. will blow you out of the water. And yeah, her co-star is Sam Rockwell, right? Right. Yeah. And he does a good job, but she's, like, the best part of the entire show. She's uh, got one of my favorite gifts of the year where she uh, does her hand like across her face to make her ready. Have you guys seen that one? Uh-huh. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> That's where it's literally, it's like we're putting up like people burning alive and like throwing up their guts. And yeah. Like dancing and like court, sick choreography. And like it straight up is part of the storyline where like the woman is just better than the guy and you know that. And I'm, yeah. always, I'm always down for that. <laughs> what, would, what would definitely win is Bob Fosse's Chernobyl, right? Like that oh, yeah. would be an amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. musical. He could really jazz that up. <laughs> Chernobyl is so interesting because it's a man-made disaster, but it is shot like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And like the for- and that really brings across like how otherworldly the forces of nuclear power really are and how we don't understand them. And what we do understand is that like we can hardly contain them. But if we can find a way to do it for a little bit, we can like harness a great amount of power and how alien everything is on that show, including the effects of like what it does is just the most upsetting thing I think I've ever seen. Gnarly as hell. Yeah. I just, uh, the other thing too about Chernobyl is that like, it feels like a story that we didn't know. We needed to know the whole story could have come out at any time, but the fact it came out now, yeah, when it's just a bunch of like old white dudes saying, uh, "Your science facts are stupid. I believe my facts more." That's why I think it hit home more than yeah, Fosse Verdon. They're like, "Listen, the reading out on this thing is like pretty low, actually." Nuh-uh. And someone else is like, "Well, that's like as high as it can possibly go, though. Shouldn't we find something that could maybe measure it?" And they're like, "Nah, <laughs> let's just hang out by this fucking huge disaster. Send them down to the pit where it's explode." I have to say, um. I found Chernobyl way too upsetting. Like I don't yeah. like I don't want that from drama. It's very interesting, but it was just when it comes down to it, just too horrifying mm-hmm. for me. Fosse Verdon was I don't know grim in a lot of ways, but not quite that grim. There's a and I hesitate to say it in front of like this particular group of people, but uh, I think the fourth episode of Chernobyl, uh, there it's like a year later, and they go back around where it happened, and these three dudes are tasked to uh, just kill the dogs. Yeah. And then you also see a dump truck full of corpses of dogs being buried. It's fucking gnarly. And a lot of people just become soup. Uh That's gross. Right. Yeah, soup sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Become salad. Sandwich me every day. All right, Mike, we've got Chernobyl. We've got Fosse Verdon. What is the 2019 show moving on? Uh, With this, I'm going to fight against my own desires and go with what the world is more into because I feel like that's what I don't know. Flip a coin what the show is about. I'm going to have to vote for Chernobyl. Greg? For me, it's Fosse Verdon, for sure. Taylor? Chernobyl. I love nuclear power. (laughs) Caitlin, do you love nuclear power? Oh, my God. I don't like dogs dying, so I'm going to go for Fosse Verdon. Doggy dump truck. Doggy dump. That sounds so cute, but it's not. Doggy dump truck. You're the one. Cassie, you're deciding which of these shows move on. I feel like there should be a lot of pressure on that, but straight up the one just has dogs dying. I don't. I shouldn't care. have brought that up. I don't. It's clearly care. Chernobyl. Yeah. Why did I bring that up? You fucked up, man. <laughs> you really fucked up. And also, I already watched it all. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you really, you really fucked that one. Uh, your next bracket. So Fosse Verde moves on. Uh, your next bracket is when they see us, which is uh, Ava DuVernay's Netflix show about the Central Park Five. Yes. yes. Versus the Crown. Ava DuVernay's Netflix show <laughs> about how like dumb it is to be royal. 
Yeah. Where they just totally switched Bucking- everybody in the cast. Yeah. Right. The Buckingham Palace Five. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked The Crown seasons one and two. It's just a tough thing to do to totally switch everybody in the cast. I understand why you make that choice, but it just is difficult. Uh, and it takes a lot of adjusting on behalf of the audience. Um, but there are those corgis in it. Mm. And that's nice. A <laughs> lot of time, right? how to make people. Vote. Yeah, a lot of. Do they se- get shot and put in a dump truck? Uh, no, uh, they are pampered and they're so sweet, and their legs are just so delightfully stubby. <laughs> Do you but guys? This is Olivia Coleman now, right? This season. Yeah, they switched everybody, and she's very good in it. But it's also you're like, wow, I've seen her as a different queen of England, mm-hmm. and it's hard not to think about that the entire time. Does she eat cake till she pukes? How she scream, don't look at me at the corgis? <laughs> N- never. Because those corgis will bullshit. still look at you. They will <laughs> stare at you. They're a real staring dog. Do you guys feel any pressure that uh, when they see us is like really important? Another like Chernobyl story that needs to be told, and the crown's like a bunch of British people going like, could we be more British? Yeah. Let's try. Yeah, and I just think that like the crown may have kind of run out of gas a little bit like it's she's lived she's had a very long reign but we see now a lot of like minor dramas and a lot of it honestly the show boils down to like people like her sister more than her and she's like i don't know about that and like that's like that'll be like three episodes of like people being like this is the you should be queen you're cool and elizabeth's like no corgis so <laughs> I relate I've to got that, the so my vote might be being swayed. <laughs> people like my sister more than me, and it's horse shit. I understand how it might be hard to watch people boil in a bed and uh, what's it called, doggy dump truck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when they see us, is hard in a lot of the same ways, but doesn't have that. I do think it's a much more important story that's being told than the crown, and it touches yeah. in many ways modern politics. Right. Yes. Not just Ooh, because in the second episode. Yeah. Hard, like it's very obvious about it. Well, I mean, like, he took out an ad in the yes. newspaper that, like, what, and, who does that? And to this day defends it. And yes. Like, yeah, they should have. They Even should though, still be in prison. They have scientifically proven that these guys were not involved. These kids were not involved. Yeah. I will spoil for you guys right now the worst part of when they see us, which is they're watching the commercial of him. Like, he's just on TV all the time talking about it. And uh, somebody is upset about it. And then somebody else is like, well, his 15 minutes are almost up. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about it. You wish, dum-dums. <laughs> all right. It's when they see us versus the crown. Cassie, where are you? going when they see us caitlin oh, i want to pick the crown but i'm going to see when they see us taylor <laughs> when they see us all right when they see us moves on your next matchup is unbelievable which is a tony collette merit weaver rape uh docudrama yes yes what do they call it like the csi type shows forensic like a, a forensic, a police procedural. It procedural, is, there yeah. You go. What it, it would be like to be exp- to get raped and then be just exposed to the system that is supposed to handle you being raped and administered to you, and then that system turning around on you. That's going up against years and years a uh, BBC then HBO drama where a uh, goofy headed, loudmouth politician. <laughs> Um, runs around, says stupid things, then gets elected, then things go to shit. Uh-huh. Guys, fun stuff. <laughs> what, what are we thinking? <laughs> oh, boy. I feel like years and years was a little hammy. It feels like a, like an entire series that is like a Black Mirror episode. Yes. Also, uh, it 
ends like when the last episode was shown was like uh i don't know four months before their latest election and so the episode ends on kind of a positive the whole series ends on kind of a positive note but to know that those same fucking people go out and once again return the government to the hands of the kind of person that's being lampooned in the show was just such a dispiriting note you know, it's like you. But I feel like like that was the note you had to end on because of all of the like hopeful rebellion. Yeah, you had to pull it back at the end. Yeah, well, I think the show ends hopefully, but it, it's the reality that doesn't end hopefully because after the, after the show ends with like if everybody was just exposed to how terrible these people are, they would never choose to be so terrible. And then in reality. I mean, it does end like that, but then the family's like, yeah, but we don't know where she is. The real people in power are still out there in power. Like, it, it ends, like, cinematically, hopefully, and then undercuts its own hopeful message yeah, well, right I, away. I feel like it ends, like, and there might be a season two, you know? <laughs> there's there's years and years? There's even more people out there. The thing about Unbelievable, though, is that... You're unbelievable. I thought that the... Uh, Great theme song. Music biopic of EMF, the band behind Unbelievable, <laughs> was weird to interject there. Um... I thought it was very interesting, uh, like how all of the stuff goes down, the good and the bad of how police work. And it's hard to vote against because of how serious it is. But I just like the two of them, the two of those cops together, I never bought and it ruined it for me. Yeah. I think Merritt Weaver is like incapable of bad at this point. Tony Collette comes in so hard and so fake that yeah. I, it, it never really worked. Yeah. And it, I don't know. It just, it feels crunchier to me than years and years i kept wanting to be into years and years but i just if it, it, it feels kind of like empty at the end of the day see yeah i think that we have the opposite problem because yeah. my my issue with black mirror is that i don't have six episodes to hang out with all these characters yeah right? all right guys here we go unbelievable is the uh drama on netflix about it's the rape procedural years and years is what a family will go through if we get our worst case nope most likely case uh, for our next 10 years in the future. Cassie, what do you think? Um, the years and years, it just did have like strong Black Mirror vibes, which I just couldn't get into. I couldn't get past that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's just years nah. and years. So uh, I'm going to go with Unbelievable. Kaylin? Unbelievable. Taylor? Yeah, Unbelievable made me very uncomfortable, so I'm picking that. <laughs> That's a good drama. Your next and final, wait, third from final bracket is the 11th seed, The Good Fight. This is a CBS All Access show. It's uh-huh. in its third season. Shout out to CBS All Access. It's a uh, spinoff of The Good Wife. This is where Christine Baranski and her lawyer team um, do like liberal lawyer stuff. Uh, that's going up against Mando! Mandalorian! Uh, now, one of these shows, I can't remember which, guys, help me out. One of these has a baby Yoda? Yes. Yeah. Was wait, it? I, wait, yeah. which one though? Like you guys can't just say <laughs> yeah. That. I, I, I don't know which Christine one. Baranski yeah. constantly brings in Baby Yoda into the court. That's house. I've been. I keep meaning to see the good fight because everyone keeps showing those pictures of Baby, of Yoda, Baby Yoda in the yeah. good fight, and I haven't been able to watch it yet. And for the last three years, I've waited for this show to just drop off the thing, but it is. It just keeps coming around, and I think it's because the opening credits are so fucking awesome, mm-hmm. dude. Watching all those like pictures of wine explode, and then like laptops explode and TVs explode. That's just a very cool intro. And the thing is, too, is that in most years, it goes up against, like, a different good wife. Something yeah. that, like, we feel the same about. But this is up against Mando. Can I ask you guys a question about Mando? Uh, 
How, do you guys remember when Jason Sudeikis, the stormtrooper, punched Baby Yoda yeah. in that yeah. fucking what bag? That, that was very upsetting. But that part where those two stormtroopers try to shoot that thing and they uh-huh. take like 15 shots and neither one of them hits it, <laughs> that, was that, was a, that was a very good joke. With Adam Pally and Jason Sudeikis in that scene, how far away are we from like a happy endings stormtrooper sitcom? Spinoff show? Yes. Hell yes, I'd watch I, the shit out of that. I feel like the whole entertainment division there has to like take a new look at how they do Star Wars content and this show is going to be the new model. They just biffed it on the movies. So open it up, dude. Like let it be uh, a com- an action comedy. It kind of always has been. And turn it over to people that know how to make that. Caitlin, last time you were in the studio, you said yes. that Mandalorian was stupid and you hated no, it. No, I said it was disappointing. The first two episodes I thought were really slow. And then what? after that, I I like bit my tongue because everyone after that was, was so good. I loved it all. But I mean, the first ones were just, they're just building. So. Those are two of the best episodes. Yeah, okay. yeah dude. <laughs> you got the first. That's the angriest I've heard Ryan. The first IG-11, first sighting of Baby Yoda. Cassie, you're wearing a uh, The Good Wife t-shirt. Are you okay with what happens right now? I mean, it's hard to go against a, the baby version's always the best. So I can't, I <laughs> if can't there was a baby that. good wife, would you watch that? Oh, my gosh. The good baby. The good baby. The good baby. The good child bride. Oh, just a little no. baby in court. Are that you doesn't. It just like bottles and binkies slowly exploding in the credits. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But let's not add Baby O to all these shows. I do not want to see him yeah. help the unbelievable cops in their case. <laughs> Mike, we're going to you. Good wife or whatever oh, it's up against. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what it's up against. Uh, the, good wi- the good fight, it's, it's crazy that a CBS Access show is as good as it is. It's Mandalorian. Greg? <laughs> Baby Yoda. Taylor? It's crazy that a Disney Plus show is as good as it is. Uh, the Mandalorian. In the top eight, guys. Uh, your next matchup is your number seven seed, Stranger Things, versus your number 10 seed, Undone. And may I just say real quick before we get into it, uh, the star of Undone in this like uh, rotoscoped animated series was also the star of Alita Battle Angel. Taylor, your thoughts? <laughs> um, I, I, I was aware of that. And you know what? I fucking love her. Uh, what is it, like Rose? Did whatever they shrink her, her eyes down for uh, Yeah, they had to digitally uh, shrink her eyes down because oh, of the wow. rotoscoping. You don't like really notice yeah. that. Because they gave her the same sonic surgery where it's just permanently like that. You yeah, guys, yeah. I think it's night-night time for Stranger Things. I think we, we did it. You know, yes. we saw it all the way through to the end. Uh, Undone, I it like has such cool visuals and is done in such a cool style. I, it's unlike anything we've ever seen before. That's this season of Stranger Things. I feel like was better than the second season, mm-hmm. and that is the exact one. I was like, okay, now you can j- end it here. Don't do another one because I don't think that you have it in you. Yeah. I hear you guys. These are all valid arguments, but Uh-oh. this this bracket to me is the tale of two papas. And oh, like, so Undone has the papa who's like it's lo- like she he is like pushing his daughter like to breaking like half papa. the time like she is just losing it, and the other papa's just trying to make egos for her. So yeah. if we go off the papas, dude, Hooper's like fucking crazy this season though. All he's ever doing is like screaming and vibrating. He was awful. Just saying, I'm Hellboy. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch Hell. Why come nobody did that? <laughs> Listen, he's just trying his best to be a dad, and we can't all get it right off the bat, but he's trying. And uh, uh, like straight up to daughters of 2019 saying, like, oh, my dad's going to come in soon, and it's Bob Odenkirk. Like That happened yeah. like four yeah. times this year. And every time, you're like, what? Bob Odenkirk? It's my little women. 
in. It, oh, look. It's my undone. It's undone. Wow, Stranger Things I've never seen. <laughs> I think that Stranger Things is that place, that like perfect middle ground place where even if you hate it undone, you have to pick undone. Yeah. Because like, who gives a shit? It's just too bland and blah. I did. I will say, in defense of this season, I really liked the addition of Robin. Uh, yes. She's, she's very good. And I will, I, I will die for Alexi. I will. Abs- oh, I will. Yeah. I will. That, that soda drinking motherfucker. Yeah. I will lay my life on the tracks for that weird Russian fuck. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys know that Robin from Stranger Things was one of the March sisters in A Little Women? Really? Yeah. There's one with her running around. I don't know if she was like Joe or. Oh, Did they have one that was kind of set in modern times? Maybe. I feel like I that know. one had a very small window, and then Greta Gerwig was like, "Get the fuck out of my way! Not <laughs> coming through, idiot!" All right. Here we go, Cassie. Yeah. Stranger Things versus Undone. You know what? Stranger Things. Come on, Cassie. (laughs) Kaylin? I want to see Alexi eat the corn dog. It's Stranger Things. Holy shit. I never want to fucking see anybody eat a corn dog. (laughs) Not in like normal motion. Slow motion, maybe. I have a lot of power right now. Taylor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Don't. Bro, don't, don't hate me that much. Don't fuck it up. Hey, hey. Uh, it's undone. Yeah. <laughs> Greg? Oh, uh, killed him. <laughs> I want to see undone, and I've seen all of Stranger Things, so that means that's a huge sacrifice, and I'm a hero. <laughs> Mike, it is up to you. Stranger Things are undone. I'm also a hero. I've watched all of Stranger Things, and it was fine. I'll watch this newfangled undoneness. <laughs> Your final matchup, before we go over the eight dramas of the year, is... The number eight seed, Lodge 49, which was just recently canceled, versus the number nine seed, HBO's Euphoria. Uh, I feel like I have heard more about Lodge 49 since it was canceled than I ever have when it was on the air. This this is a great matchup, I think, because Lodge 49 is a show that is ultimately extremely hopeful. Yeah. Uh, Not that bad things don't happen, but that we can rise above them. And Euphoria, to me, is a show that ultimately had a very dark vision yeah. of the world and it's so sad lord lodge 49 got canceled because it was really really good and very layered and complex and could also be like a comedy mm-hmm. uh yeah. it was it's one of the funnier shows and this year they got and i'm not joking when i say this film actor paul giamatz what oh, wow yeah and he giamatz. turned in quite a performance but it's uh it, it's ultimately like you know about how spiritualism can save us even if it's not real and not knowing if there's magic in the world but still trying to strive and maybe get it it's such a shame more people didn't watch this also because it's about long beach it's about right where i live and right where mike used to live yeah and uh that part was was really cool i will miss it i kept thinking it was going to get picked up and then it's just it's it's dead it died my i think euphoria is revolutionary i think it is virtuoso i think that it might be the best drama of the year i think that it is like spectacular filmmaking i could not get into it because it's just so fucking bleak and so over the top like i I don't know i just felt it didn't to me it didn't like i teach people that are like basically this age and it just didn't seem like people that age to me no i don't think it's supposed to be like i think it's like uh if instead of being real teenagers it's like those uh like black scary ghost things that thanos would call out anytime he needed more soldiers that's Uh, what it's about but it's shot and written i think perfectly I, I, I think Euphoria has a chance to be all of our number one show of the year. That's not going to happen. If you guys agree with me <laughs> that's simply, everything I That's say. simply not going to happen, buddy. It's a really, it's like a hard bracket because the one, Euphoria, I feel like it gives you everything right off the top. Like, you know, you instantly know, like the show gets you 
it's like bright it has the drama it has everything right off the bat but then lodge 49 you gotta like you gotta put in the work and you gotta build with it but it pays off so well and that's why it's like so hard for me because i do i like love that show but like it's a hangout show it's like you gotta hang out with these characters but it's also very rigorously made because it is a kind of about a a group of people who have this sign this series of signs and symbols that they believe in and the show recreates those in so many ways and constantly walks the line between like is something religious happening? Is something spiritual happening? And I, I sort of love this matchup because we always talk about how we think we know what movie makers do, but not TV showrunners or directors. If you flip these scripts and then watch the Euphoria version of Lodge 49, uh, it was just like, what is this Lodge and when will I find it? <laughs> and then like, uh, and then there's also like this chilled back sort of high version of Euphoria that uh, would have been way more relaxed. But yeah. They definitely pick their paths. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. One of them has to go. Cassie, what do you think? I have a soft spot for Lodge 49. It's going to be Lodge 49. Yes. A good choice. <laughs> Caitlin? Um, it's Zendaya versus Lodge 49, so I'm going to do Lodge 49. What the oh! fuck? I love that, Zendaya. That's what would have convinced you. You made it hard. That was Michi as fuck. <laughs> wow. That was a, you know what? That was a real stonekeeper ass yeah. move. I haven't seen something that LeBron James since Gwangi. <laughs> This is just how Greg talks now. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I am dorkled all over. <laughs> Get Danny DeVito in here. We know you are, bud. What is your pick, Taylor? I would pick Lodge 49. It made me happier. That's it. The number one show of the year goes away. Lodge 49. Yeah, Lodge 49. Lodge 49. Lodge friendship, 49. friendship, friendship. <laughs> so when we come back in a couple weeks with our TV drama bracket, we've got Watchmen, Succession, Fosse Verdon, when they saw us, unbelievable, The Mandalorian, Undone, and Lodge 49. When we come back, the TV comedies of the year. All right, so now we are going to do the best comedy programs of 2019. But before we do that, I want to talk about some of the ones that we loved and did not make the list. So, Ryan, I'm going to go to you first. What is a 2019 comedy that has no chance of winning our bracket, but has already won your heart? In preparation for these brackets, I finally watched my first episodes and then all the way through a documentary now. Yeah. I, had been avoid- yeah. I was avoiding yes. it because I thought that it was like a little bit... It was the most homeworky comedy that existed. Uh-huh. Uh, it is... The most impressive show on TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, this season was all of that. This season had, like, the one that was about that. What was that Netflix cult show? Yeah, uh, Wild Wild, 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 Wild Country. Um, it had the bowling one. Yeah, yeah. The, one. the bowling one is fucking perfect. They it just had... tricked us into watching 10 minutes of a fake bowling championship <laughs> in the middle of that fucking episode. It was amazing it's, it had the perfect thing where like there was a, bo- uh, a nintendo game based on it and it was a perfect looking <laughs> nintendo <laughs> game uh, it, it also had the kate blanchett like i'm an artist one which yes. was uh-huh. and like if you uh, go see how that one ends because it is spectacular yeah, it, I, man they're all like really they're masterpieces of like planning and design on top of being so funny yeah but and uh, 
absolutely fucking nailing specific documentary tones yeah. and yeah. styles. Which you don't have to be familiar with the initial right. documentaries, but it is very rewarding if you if, are. If you've seen the documentary they're making fun of, you'll just scream yeah, at the TV. <laughs> That's like watching the one that they did over Stop Making Sense. I fucking yes. lost my absolute yeah. mind how good it was. I just the guy like the guy knowing that like I don't get a lot of credit, but I will get it someday from David Byrne. <laughs> That's not going to happen, bro. <laughs> no. But the standout of this season was Co-op, the musical. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Co-op. Where uh, it was just normal people trying to sing about how they all live in the same building and just like how uh, recordings of like original cast recordings don't go smoothly and they yeah. all just scream as if you're Richard Kind. <laughs> yes. Entire time. Richard, Richard Kind should be in more things. He really should. This, dude, 2019 year. was the year of Richard Kind. Uh, because he also had the sack lunch bunch. Yeah. Yes. Girl, Girl talk. Girl talk. Girl talk. Which Girl I, talk. Just, I just say Girl talk all the time. Now, whenever I address somebody, I just start off with Girl talk. Girl talk. Would you get me a soda while you're in the kitchen? Girl I will talk. talk to the person who is my cashier at the grocery store, but not my bagger. So when they talk to me, I'll just scream Girl, Girl talk, talk and run away. He had the ultimate line of this, though, where he was talking to someone in the orchestra and suddenly went, do you think I'm a bad actor and singer? <laughs> <laughs> And they nailed every affectation of musicals. My wife and I go to a lot of musicals, and so many of them are just like, hey, we're going to sing a song about paper now. And they did each one yeah. of those. And everybody but, starts bouncing up yeah, and down. Like, paper do products, paper products. But yeah, it was so very well done. They songs. They wrote a real-ass musical for Yes, that. yes. It was so disappointing that like uh, everybody found better comedies than this to put on the bracket. Like, that sucks. How can you be more impressed than documentary now? You cannot be, but we did find 16 more impressive. Cassie, what do you have as your comedy that barely missed the bracket? That's It was a very strong bracket. It's like, honestly, has like a lot of, like, nailed these top comedies. A lot of ha-has on this a bracket. Lot of, a yeah. lot of teehees and ha-has. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... One that I've been enjoying is uh, the Righteous Gemstones. Yes, yes. because like preach the, the opening. Yes, the <laughs> opening scene where they um they're doing like a baptism and they turn on the wave pool like uh-huh. had me yeah. dying so hard like there's it's like peak comedy to me. <laughs> and there's like a lot of tension in this show and a lot of like mystery and intrigue and then just so many freaking good characters so there's the characters are so strong and then coming from like like a religious background where you could see like the, uh-huh. how they're playing on like all the stereotypes and everything it just like it hits so well for me it um, is such a good job of showing how warped the like prosperity gospel is of like we jesus says we're allowed to have money it shows that we're like good people and how weird and twisted that makes everybody in this family and uh, we also learned that lesson that we've learned a million times which is like wait four episodes and then bring in walton goggins yes and then your show will destroy the crowd will go gaga for goggins (laughs) uh funny connection uh between this podcast and the show uh me cassie and caitlin went to see blink 182 and i saw adam divine from (laughs) righteous i I saw him how tall is he he's about four or five he's very short yeah (laughs) he's a short guy (laughs) <laughs> All right, Caitlin, what comedy do you have that barely um, missed the bracket? This show, I can guarantee no one here has seen it. Um, I brought it up before. It is called High School Musical, the Musical, the Series. My <laughs> my roommate has watched every single episode. Oh my it God, is dope. I freaking love it. <laughs> Say the name again. High School Musical, the Musical, the Series. I like that part a yeah, lot. It's, yeah, it's freaking hilarious. It knows exactly where it should be like in its own universe. It uh-huh. knows like the perfect hint of drama that it needs, but all the comedy and everything where it hits. It's so good. Streusel checking in. <laughs> Streusel letting her opinions be known. Oh. She, she loves High School Musical, the musical series. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's very good. I thought it was just going to be something for teenagers or uh-huh. high schoolers, and it's and it not. It totally is. It's well, it's it's for people who like the original High School Musical, which if and who you also like, like that, The Office. It's yeah, a lot yeah. like Laser Tag. You don't have to be a high schooler <laughs> to do that, but yeah. like you should be a high schooler <laughs> to do that. You know, honestly, or you could just be a really cool good. older guy who all the kids love hanging around. Yeah. And I, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of that, Taylor. Yeah. What, uh, what show do you think should have been on the bracket? But but was, alas, not on the bracket. Honestly, I watched this entire Netflix show in one day, and I was absolutely delighted the entire time. Uh, living with yourself with multiple Hell Paul Rudds. Yeah. Where was this on the bracket? Yeah. Hell What's yeah. up, critics? Like, listen, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a very fast watch, and it does a, that very good streaming show thing of every episode has a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yes. And then the episode after will, like, it switches off between the clones, which one is the focus of the episode. There's and clones. Yeah. And it'll, and the next episode will back up a little bit before and show what the other clone was doing during the previous episode and yeah. then move forward. And it just, it works so well. And it's such a nice little, like, reflection on what it means to be yourself. And also, Aisling B is great in this. Uh-huh. Um, I love her. And Paul Rudd is being Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. <laughs> and there's an air yeah. of magical realism to it that yeah. reminded me a little bit of, like, Maniac on, on some level. Mm. It's very good uh, if you can actually put Paul Rudd in two different parts in a show. That's <laughs> yeah, a pretty good idea. Good. Yeah, j- and keep doing that. it ultimately has a lot of heart. It's got a very positive yes. message about, like, families. And it's a lot like Ant-Man in that families are, they're different, you guys. Yeah. Families can be, families love. You know, or and maybe like that's a Paul Rudd movie, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man like and that. the yeah, Wasp yeah. as well. Also the Wasp. Uh, speaking of Wasp, Mike, what movie, what comedy do you think should have been on this list? I think it hit its tenth year this year, and that's why it's not on this year because critics they just look shiny and new. Is yep. it new? Have I not seen it before? I'm sorry that Bob's Bur- Burgers has delivered a decade of the best fucking cartoon comedy ever. <laughs> Fuck yourself, critics. It is the weird. Show's amazing. There is something about the sustained excellence of this show that has lulled people to sleep. Nobody talks about it because it's consistently always been good, and there's like almost not a bad episode. It reminds me a lot of King of the Hill in that way, except yes. that uh, Linda compared to Peggy. Bob's Burgers is the fucking winner. Linda yeah. is How the t- best, and okay, Peggy listen, is amazing. Peggy I, Hill is awful. Ha, fuck you. Peggy fuck Hill you. is the you text okay. oh my god. Oh, god damn We're it, learning dude. that Peggy Hill is Taylor's mom. Right Peggy now. Hill is a monster. Yeah, Hill that's what's great about person. her. No, fuck no, you guys. Fuck Peggy you. Hill's great. Oh, Linda's also great, but Peggy Hill's great. <laughs> Not gonna do this. Not gonna do this. And My- they, they write original songs every episode, even if this, the episode doesn't need it. They put it over the credits. It's so much hard work. And it's amazing. It's the show that it has proven that you can just have H. John Benjamin play multiple roles on a show, and it's just always obvious, and you never stop thinking about it. <laughs> They'll like go to the doctor, and be like, "Hey, I'm the doctor." Like, That's the same fucking guy. Come on, you can't do any other voices. He is the lead of two animated series and has the one voice. <laughs> All right, well, uh, a movie, or rather a show that did not make the bracket, but then I forced it in, I demanded that we all watch it, potentially, is Catastrophe. Uh, hey! Catastrophe is a weird show in that it comes out for like six episodes, once every two years, uh, right. and then everybody watches it over like just the course of one evening, and then you're like, oh my god, I was blown away, and then you kind of just go back to not thinking about it. It also does something interesting where all the time that is off in between the seasons, like the characters experience it too. So you're getting these like discreet looks at their lives. And now it has come to a conclusion and it concludes absolutely perfectly 
where it seems like their lives are balanced like on the precipice of a cliff just about to fall over, if you want to view it that way. It's hopeful in the sense that all the worst stuff can happen to us, but maybe we can like find a way to move on. And it is like almost completely the creation of Rob Delaney and uh, Sharon Horgan. Sharon yeah. Horgan, who like are the actors and writers for everything. And that's so impressive because it seems like this is a show that would have a ton of writers on it. But the two characters really know their voices. And, uh, yeah, catastrophe. Uh, a little bit of Bob's Burgers. It's been on for so long. Yeah. And it's so good yeah. that we just ignore it. I can't believe. like It's definitely one of the top five shows of the year. And, honestly, guys, sometimes you just have to sit back and just be like, I'm very glad Rob Delaney is in the world. Yes. You know? He's a, he's a very good dude yeah. and an absolute beef of a man. Yeah. yeah just no. <laughs> hairy and like yeah. chunky in all the right <laughs> yeah, ways. Seriously, man. <laughs> That's a man, guys. Just, just an absolute unit. That is a slab of beef. <laughs> One thing that's kind of unfortunate is that's the 16th seed, and it's going up against Fleabag, Oof. the number one seed. Fleabag is very good, folks. You're the hot good. priest. You're the hot priest. You're the jumpsuit. Okay, I have to say, everyone called this dude hot priest. I saw on Twitter blowing up about hot priest. He's fine, right? He's I, and I looked at him and I was like, fucking Moriarty? Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the guy? And I get it. In context of the show, he is very hot priest. But he wants to lay pipe, but he's not supposed to. That's yeah. hot, dude. That's hot. Longing that, is hot. That longing is hot as hell. Yeah. And I get and also, it. Also, compared to other priests, most of them look like John Malkovich. Priests are yeah. not normally hot. And it's just, You're thinking of popes. It's just uh, nice to see like a priest going after an adult woman, mm-hmm. I think. That is, <laughs> yeah, that's, hot. that's the hottest thing a priest can do, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Catastrophe, thanks for coming out. Uh, Your booby prize is right over here, but I'm going to call for the vote right now. Mike, Fleabag or Catastrophe? Yeah, I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is going to continue to be a force in pop culture and just making all of the best things. I have to vote for Fleabag. All right, Ryan. Phoebe or Fleabie, and by B, I mean bag, it's Fleabag. Oh, very good. (laughs) Cassie. Fleabag. Caitlin. Fleabag. Fleabag. And I will also be a Fleabag. All right, next up is the number two seed, Russian Doll, versus the number 15 seed, Glow. Guys, remember Glow? This is when we did the thing where we're like, been on for a while and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I thought this is- Very, very good. Russian Doll. I mean, yes, listen, Russian Doll, very, very good. Glow this season was fantastic, you guys. I think this is the best season they've done, and I was blown away. Uh, Glowed away? Ah! Yeah, by, by nature, what they're doing with the show is it's not just funny. So every season, they're just getting deeper and deeper into the characters, into more of the cast of characters. Yeah. They all are significant. It's fucking great. The the episode where uh, Debbie, like, purges herself in the bathroom to Joy Division, <laughs> fu- like, fucking ruined me. But it was such a, it was such a well-shot and, like, edited scene. Uh, and the performances were great. I thought the season of Glow was great, but also Russian Doll. Russian Doll. <laughs> yeah, uh, Russian Doll gave us something to be super excited about, something that has now become a genre onto itself, which is the Groundhog Day story, yeah. but still found a very fresh way to tell it, like constantly Wait, introducing surprises. I think that is the like high, like that is the highest praise you can give to the show, is uh, it did something new with Groundhog Day. Yeah, <laughs> and guys- also major Majora's Mask vibes. I think I speak for everybody. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Do you guys doubt. think that... Uh, uh, Natasha Leone was like about to get cut, and then this mo- or the show like brought her back. Were you guys over her, or do you think the world was over her? 
I don't. No, I, mean, no, I don't think her. so. No, I'm no. wrong on that. Yeah, I think she's. I mean, that just my impression is that everybody finds her very charming. I want the hair bigger. I want the voice huskier. Yeah, no, absolutely. Not, not <laughs> I'm a husky boy, and I like that husky voice. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do it. Let's get to voting. What's it going to be, Mike? Russian doll or Glow? I love Glow. It's Russian doll. Ryan. Russian doll. Cassie. That's Glow did have like the season. The season was better. I did thoroughly enjoy the season, but it's a uh, Russian doll. Caitlin? Russian doll. Taylor? Fuck it, Glow. Oh! I, I, I like to glow better than the Russian doll. Contrarian. I, dude, Russian doll. Come on, man. It's, it, Come on. It's, it's very good. Come on. Elevating. Gl- glow is incredible. Genre. All right, so that's definitely going to be Russian doll. Number three, Barry versus number 14, Veep. Barry's so good, you it's guys. It's just so good. Barry's just so, so good. Veep final season. Yeah. Usually that like sort of elevates it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you get a little bump from that. So this is not a, it's been on long enough. Eh. But Barry had that one, ep- I would say the second best episode of the year. Second to um, Watchmen taking the pills and going all the way through yes. time. Yeah. Is, uh, oh, this little girl is a fucking werewolf and I have to deal with that yeah, for the entire did. night. What a, what a fucking episode. <laughs> I oh. think part of what's so good about that episode is, I just wish every little girl really was that fierce. <laughs> yeah. You know? And just anybody that fucked with her, she gets absolutely beat up. It reminded me of the little girl from Logan. Uh-huh. Just yeah. like, man, go somewhere else. Go bother somebody else right now. And there's no way you can get away from her. Barry's just so exciting and fresh and interesting. And I, we've said it a couple times, but I think Veep, even though it's the final season, just we've had it so long, it's hard to be as excited as it is to be about Barry. I mean, plus the hack tag. We didn't have a president that came in as like a uh, assassin slash normal guy who sort of ruined the premise of Barry. Uh, yeah. We sort of did have that with Veep. <laughs> yeah. Veep is less fun now. Right. Yeah. Because it just reminds you of worse stuff the real person has done than the fucking farce. When yeah. you live in the satire, like, it's, yeah, it's not as fun. <laughs> or you right. live in Mad Magazine. You just wish you could find a cracked. Barry, though, uh, <laughs> no. dude, right. cracked. I know. And then it became the website cracks.com. And yeah. then that became something completely yeah. different. It gave a Sean baby. It was great. Dude, Sean. Oh, baby. yeah, Sean baby. Dude. <laughs> Remember Sean baby? <laughs> Everybody. Early internet, man. Cheers to Sean baby. All right. Well, let's vote. What do you say, Taylor? Is it going to be Sean baby or Veep? <laughs> I'm going to go Sean baby, baby. <laughs> So that's Barry? Yeah, that is Barry. I confused yeah. the hell out of yeah, myself. No, yeah, no ho Hank Barry. all the way. Cassie? I love Barry. It's Barry. Ryan? It's Barry. Mike? Uh, it is Barry, even though Veep is the best ensemble comedy ever. Bury me with my money. All right, so <laughs> Barry is moving on. Up next is number four, The Good Place, versus number 13, I Think You Should Leave. What the God, fuck, dude? A- what are you doing this right now? This is rough. Why would this you do this? This is episode. We shouldn't this do this. This is the Pass. worst why would you? Pass. Why would you do this? So one of these are we is even going to get presents this year. <laughs> one of these. <laughs> oh, God. That was just a skit that everybody had playing in their heads all throughout Christmas break. That's I multiple times have just been sit- standing somewhere and we're like Santa Claus <laughs> brought these early <laughs> with Rudolph. <laughs> Patty Anderson, who still remains not in everything. Yeah, which why? feels like a Put misuse in, of her talent. She's the new Walter Goggins, right? Every fourth episode of every show, yeah. throw in some 
Patty, throw, party throw, Harderson. Throw in some Party Harderson. Uh, half the memes on the internet now seem to come from I Think You Should Leave. Yes. Uh, personal favorite for I Think You Should Leave for myself is uh, the guy who uh, is driving the hot dog car and it <laughs> yeah. crashes into a place <laughs> and he's dressed as a hot dog. And he's like, whoever's driving this car, just admit it. Uh, my wife and I always do the nacho one. She ate nachos just yesterday and I was like, there's a policy here. <laughs> uh, if we're just doing this, uh, the Party Harderson is obviously the best, but... Um, I have a special place in my heart for, I think it's the one right before that skit, where he uh, is choking but refuses to admit yes. that he's choking because he's got a <laughs> The water doesn't stink. It's regular water. <laughs> his excuse is the water smells bad. <laughs> he waves his hand in front of his desk, shaking. I, I, I also and he, right next to him is a friend that always has to be next to that guy, which is like, no, you're an idiot. Like, What are you fucking doing, dude? I also will frequently go... What the hell is that's going on out there? <laughs> <laughs> but the good place. All right. So the good place has won two brackets in a row. Yes. Here's the thing. We just saw Rise of Skywalker. We did. Is the last season of Good Place a little Rise of Skywalker, let's run everywhere, let's fill out this plot, yes. let's not care as much as we should. Is it insane to move this uh, other show on? I think you should leave is what's next and what's new. Yes. And, and I, it's crazy that the cycle is so brief, but already the good place is what has passed. Which makes it, it, it... It's it's not just that. It's we all just sat around, for the out of all the shows, saying yeah. our favorite lines. If we tried to do that on any other ones, which are very funny shows, everyone would be like, boo, just talk about the art. Like, yeah. this is so <laughs> funny, it destroyed what we're trying to do here. What was, the, mean, what was the name of that fucking baby who always wins the baby competition? Bart Harley <laughs> Jenkins. Well, Bart, Har- Bart Harley Jenkins was the one that everyone was like, fuck you. Yeah, Harley they Jenkins. hate Bart. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was uh, Little little Baby Fubbins. <laughs> if, you, if you never walked up straight to a baby and said, fuck you, baby. My, you story, live about, my story about I think you should leave is that I was playing with my wife's hair and I was, I was like, I'm going to listen to something with my headphones on so she can take a nap while I'm playing with her hair. And so I put on I think you should leave. <laughs> and the second skit is that, has this ever happened to you? And the two guys come in. It's got the Turbo Team one and the Joke Toilet one. And I was laughing so hard I woke her up and I had to stop after watching. Like, I started watching the show. I watched it for like three minutes. And stopped because I couldn't like contain <laughs> we myself. Haven't, we haven't even talked about uh, whether or not bones are their money. And another bones two, are like, their money, bones right? Their money. Uh, there are skits like that don't like that don't work, right? Like yeah. the premise was good, but that don't work. Like uh, I bought so much mafioso props for my movie you. that was so now that i'm remembering it i love it it's my great. favorite thing i i all i cannot go to brunch now without thinking of vanessa Bayer saying that these fat fucks yeah, yeah. are, are mad because i won fattest hog at the I'm hog shit surfing contest i can't get a receipt without thinking about like somebody eating it <laughs> you took too big of a mud pie and got too small a slice Oh, but the good place. The, the guy the with place. like the porn. Or the, if you want, like if, if you're hog if you're horny, and he's like, Argh! and then that leads right into the Friday night song, which I fucking sing every Friday. Yes. Friday night, I'm thinking that we just might run away somewhere. No one knows who we are. <laughs> Does this make it ineligible? <laughs> Very confused about what's happening right now. All right. I think we've said everything we need to say about those two shows. Mike, what's it going to be? The Good Place or I Think You Should Leave? I Think You Should Leave, Greg. Ryan, what's it going to be? The Good Place or I Think You Should Leave? The Good Place. Fuck you. Cassie? I feel like The Good Place, it feels like it's floundering right now, but I know they're going to nail that landing. At least I have hope. But I just, I adore. I Think You Should Leave. It's... Ah. Caitlin? I've seen both of these, and they're both amazing, and 
I fork and love the good place, so I'm going to choose the good place. I think they can do it. Taylor, I think you should leave. <laughs> and I'm also, I think you should leave. Wow, the king is dead. The good place is very good this season, but things like I think you should leave just don't come no. around all the time. Uh, like, Do you guys watch sports in that like, if the team that beats my team in the playoffs, I hope they win the championship? Because I think that like this knocking out the good place means like it's the surefire fucking bet. Well, right? that yes. our our segment about it, which was just here's the skits from the show, and we talk about how much we love them and how we never stop talking about them in our day to day lives. I mean, this show like became part of us. You know what it reminds me of more than any other sketch comedy show? It's like Kids in the Hall. Mm, you yeah. know, it's so funny, but also so weird, and it feels like just so fresh and new and new that's the thing yeah i'm way too old to experience new we've never booed at a baby before and now <laughs> we finally know that bar- i can't see a baby that dude I boo we at. didn't even talk about the motorcycles i do that voice all the time <laughs> oh, oh, motorcycles. Motorcycles. <laughs> two two motorcycles with a house in between and that's super okay. kids in the hall like he's an yeah. alien scouting motorcycles and he gets up to the yeah yeah guys they have motorcycles <laughs> <laughs> We can't do it anymore. We can't talk about that show anymore, though. It's so goddamn good. We have to talk about these other shows that everybody loves. Number five, The Other Two, and number 12, Sex Education. I just watched Sex Education. It's it's a delight. It's a British delight. It is a British delight. It's like a dessert. (laughs) It's a wonderful British delight. Uh, Gillian Anderson crushes. Yeah. Does it have Kate Berlant as a Hollywood agent? It does not, no. Does it have Chase Dreams? <laughs> it does not. Does it have our generation's Jason Bateman? That guy that's just like Jason Bateman. <laughs> oh, shit. What's that guy's name? Trent Rayner? Drew? Drew Tarver. Drew Tarver. Tarver. There you go. Just hey, like Drew I said. Tarver. Drew because we're friends. Yeah. Yes, Drew Tarver. Uh, the, the scene where he is up with uh, <laughs> some gay men up on a roof, and they are explaining the different types of Instagram gays that they are. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is one of the most, like, 2019 conversations you could see. <laughs> and he hears about how, like, they're going to take a picture in, like, four hours, so he goes to the bathroom and takes a bathroom nap to make <laughs> the next one. <laughs> This show is fucking great. Like, yeah. uh, as like uh, difficult people and you're the worst and all those types of shows leave, this is the perfect fill-in. If it were not so clear that what what's going to win, if it weren't so obvious what's going to win from here on out, this would be the kind of show that I would think is new enough and fresh enough and funny yeah. enough to do it. That's what, like, it is like a new idea and it's like a cool, like, take on it. It's like very now, very new. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. But, like, they're as... They're younger than me, but as frustrated as I am with the way the world works, I uh, like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that the kids still feel frustrated. Molly just, Shannon getting it done. Edu- sex education, it's about a kid using his mom's expertise to give other kids in his high school sex advice. So if you loved Anton Yelnick's Charlie Bartlett like I did, you'll like sex <laughs> education. All right, we'll, we'll clip that for a commercial later. Uh, the other thing I like about the other two is that it would have been so easy to make these two, like, gross people hateful of chase dreams yeah but they're so supportive and they love they their, love their brother, brother and that's awesome they love him and he loves them the yeah. dude that it's so good it's like a whole barney situation yeah. all right mike what's it gonna be the other two or sex education the other two ryan other two cassie other two caitlin other two taylor other two the other two all right next up is am i reading this right penis uh-huh. <laughs> you did it. uh pen 15 at number six versus number 11 tuca and birdie and this feels like another tough early match this feels yeah. unfair this as well yeah yeah i feel like tuca and birdie got a a raw deal uh when it premiered like people i think 
wanted they're like what if it's just an extra season of bojack and yeah it was, and it was not that and people got upset about it i thought it was such a like interesting and cool and like very weird but fun world in a way that bojack isn't it feels like something calculated to keep caitlin's attention <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it goes kind of off the rails every once in a while but it's very fun and very cool caitlin by the way has started doing that uh hoop and wheel thing like, uh-huh. what's that called the Big stick. Big yeah. stick and hoop fan. Hoop and wheel? Uh, the problem with this matchup is that I didn't see the first 14 pens, but I also didn't see I, yeah. one cut and birdie, so I don't know what to think about either Slam one of them. Slam that like and subscribe button. Uh, I will say this. we've Besides Chernobyl, Pen 15 is the most difficult oh, show yeah. to watch yeah. because there is radioactive awkwardness on this oh, fucking yeah. show. Yeah, it's, and it's, I have to say, I only got to watch like five episodes before I was like, I can't. Do this you know what's cool about all of us? It's too real. For yeah, it hurts. It hurts. You know what's cool about all of us? None of us have braces. I don't know if I can handle if any of us have braces. <laughs> I I probably guys. I'm gonna. I know this is a safe space. Uh, I think I might have to get braces. Oh no! <laughs> Just on one side of my mouth, but I have a curvy tooth, and they I want love your curvy tooth. I love your curvy. Tooth. Dentist wants it to be less curvy, is what he said. All right. Well, I tooth shame you. Uh, let's go to the voting, Taylor. To- yeah. What do you think Ryan was just about to say about Tuca and Birdie? I, I think he was about to say Tuca and Birdie deserve to move on because Taylor's going to vote for Tuca and Birdie. All right. Very good. Caitlin? I agree with the whole awkwardness of Pen15, especially, I think it was the second episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're, I'm going to go with Tuca and Birdie. <laughs> Some birds. It, t- uh, Pen15 seems like specifically tailored to make you feel so awkward that you can't yeah. think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Cassie? Uh, it's incredibly awkward to watch, but the whole line about the aardvark dick yes, is just so funny. I'm, I'm going to go pin 15. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Ryan? Yeah, I thought uh, I was so bummed that Netflix, who cancels nothing, canceled yeah. Tuca and Birdie. Because I thought it was a really important show. But I think pen 15 is like revolutionary. Like I love pen 15. It, they didn't put boobs on buildings. If you, <laughs> if you want to talk about something that is a realistic snapshot of what life is actually like, like if you want to oh, show yeah. it to aliens and be like, this is something that actually happened. This is what it was like. It's definitely good at that. It is a very realistic story. Do we need my vote? Mike's vote. Mike, what, Mike do you, what is your vote? Thanks. My vote, uh, <laughs> I think I want at Lisa draws uh, to work more. She's great and does cool things. But yeah, Comedic tour de force, it's very hard to watch and never stops being funny. And in a way that none of these other shows are funny. Pen 15, man. And, dude, adults just play kids. Yeah. Just yeah. like <laughs> Florence Pugh also did it and Little Women. Like, I'm 13 and she can do it. She stands like a 13 year old. You know she is. These women can also do it. They seem like two eighth graders. All right. Next up is number seven, Schitt's Creek versus number 10, Rammy. Rami is the Hulu A24 um, created comedy about a guy trying to like learn um, to be the best Muslim he can possibly be, but also be like in the modern world and not kind of having a place anywhere for him and trying to just to be virtuous. It looked very beautiful and very well done. But Shit's Creek, I will punch everybody in here <laughs> if this movie if this show does not move on. So I just recently watched. All five seasons of Shit's Creek, uh, because Rami was so good that I wanted to like be able to talk here, and it pales in comparison to Rami that I don't even know why we're having this conversation. Wow, Shit's Creek is a mildly every once in a while funny show. Oh my well, that's god! Insane. Let's okay. not. Oh my god! So here's the deal. Here's oh the my deal. god! I- 
I love Shit's Creek. I've dressed like David at Shit's Creek trivia nights. I'm a big fucking fan of the whole shit family and the roses. Uh, it's my wife's and I favorite show. It's my go-to now. It's replaced the office and everything else for those. Uh, we're not calling it the Louis method anymore, not just because he we don't talk about him, but because Rami is so fucking singular and powerful. Rami is it's an incomparable show. It could crush both of those brackets if we had drama go up against comedy. Rami's amazing. I agree. It, uh, all right, so maybe I was a little harsh on Shit's Creek. Okay, I came late, and that makes me lash out, and I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that, that was all very upsetting. <laughs> Shit's Creek is amazing. That was violent. Uh, you can't I'll, tell me the proposal was not didn't bring some tears to your eyes. What? No. It's so heartwarming. It's, or one of the seven times they sang Tina Turner yeah. to each other. Oh my god. Um, I, all I heard about the the show beforehand was uh, David and Catherine O'Hara, yeah. Hot Filter Hall of, Fam- yes. Hall of Famer. Um, it's Alexis by a billion. Oh she yeah, is the yeah. fucking Listen, superstar of the show. If you haven't listened to the actual like produced and put out copy uh-huh. of a little bit Alexis, <laughs> you need to do it because it's on repeat in my home. I'm a little bit single <laughs> even when I'm not. <laughs> and it's really good, but we do not have anything like Rami. Like Rami is. Like Mike said, like singular and very important and hilarious, like funnier than Shit's Creek. Do you have to have seen Rami and Michelle's high school reunion to Absolutely. understand what's yes, going that on? Helps. The, the, dude, the, there's nothing like the episode, the 9 11 jerk off episode. How to blend those two formative experiences <laughs> for a 12 year old boy is, is magical. That is disturbing. All right, well, I guess it's time to get voting, Mike. It's Rami. Ryan. 100% Rami. Cassie. Man, Rami. Caitlin, Taylor, Uh, Rami. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's Rami. All right. Well, you guys say it's very good. I will check it out, and then I will get back to you and let you know if you were wrong. Shit's Creek, though, very good. Shit's Creek, very, very, very good show. 2020 is Shit's Creek last season, so then it will like take the bracket. All right. Our last matchup is number eight, Bojack Horseman versus number nine, Better Things. Jack Horseman, of course, the long-suffering depression horse, yes. and better things about a uh, small-time long-suffering depression uh, mom. Yeah, <laughs> Pamela yes. Adlon as a kind of like D-list celebrity trying to make it with daughters that just say kids that just say really fucked up shit to her and uh, just tries to get through every day. I like. I think that better things is year in year out like the best thing on TV. Yeah, I, think, I love Bojack. Yeah, I do, I do think this was. I one of the better Bojack seasons, but I think it. This is a half season, and it feels like it. Uh, and I could, I can feel the seams of the show, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a bummer because I feel like they're going to land it very well, and it's one of my favorite shows. Uh, but this one, you can see the wires. Better Things is one of those comedies where uh, you get to the end of an episode and you're like, I don't think I laughed. <laughs> I <Yeah>. like. <laughs> I don't think this show ever made me laugh one time, but I, I admit some situations were humorous. <laughs> All right, well, anybody want to speak up for BoJack Horseman and defend its honor? Uh, I think it was uh, worse than Better Things. Uh, well, I think <laughs> I want to say that the Princess Carolyn episode where she uh, is split, like she, you yeah. see a bunch of like different Multiple loops hers. of her, oh, yeah. yeah, just doing everything was very, very good, and I, I really, really love the storyline of BoJack in. Uh, uh, like AA uh-huh. and like try and like trying to be sober and dealing with how other people exist in the world sober. I thought that was done very very well. Both shows, the Princess Caroline episode, and then all the better things. Like, don't have kids. Like, don't what have are kids. you yeah. doing? Yeah. Don't do it. It seems like a lot of a lot of fiction is like, yeah, don't have kids. Like, you'll like the kids. 
but you won't like what happens to your life after you do have kids. All right, let is, let's vote right now. Taylor, what's it going to be? Uh, I'm going to go Better Things. Caitlin. I'm going to go Bojack. Cassie. Better Things. Ryan. Better Things. Mike. Fuck Bojack. Better Things. Better Things. <laughs> Moving on. So, Ryan, tell the listeners what they've won as their comedy bracket. Our eight most 2019 comedies of the year are as follows. Fleabag, Russian Doll, Barry, I Think You Should Leave, Know yeah. the Good Place, The Other Two, Penis, Rami, and Better Things. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that bracket, and I'm also looking forward to talking about the 2019 films right after this loud sound effect. We've had a lot of fun and a lot of laughs, but let's talk about what actually fucking matters, movies. The movies of 2019. Casey? Yeah. Caitlin? Yes. Taylor? <laughs> what do you think this year in general? From from Endgame to Joker, from Marriage Story to The Irishman, how is 2019 in movies? Um, that's, a, that's a weird range you picked. Uh, <laughs> it was a weird range of movies. Yeah. Um, I, I You know what? It was a good, good year for movies. I don't think it's um, the best year for movies. Um, I think that What's year... What's the best year in movies? Yes, please. Uh, that year was uh, 1947. What came out? No. What was your top 1947 movie? The The Maltese Falcon. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, that was the year of Maltese Falcon 2. They were real fast on the turnaround <laughs> in those days. Yeah, yeah, the studio system, they really blew it out of the water. Monster Squad. No, that's, <laughs> that's in the 80s, but okay. Cash, a good year for movies? I think it was a pretty decent year. It definitely had like a lot of... It had it franchise movies, you know... Uh, and it, then it had like a lot of like I feel pretty deep movies. I feel like there was a good amount that like could be considered like almost like Sundance or film festival ones that then made it into theaters. So I feel there was like a pretty good range this year. This is the, it was the best year of the decade. Yeah, dude. This, I mean, two thousand nineteen. Amazing. Year. Such a what are we, what are we talking about right now? It was the no, best movie. Man, Did you guys sit through the rest of two thousand ten? Greg and Ryan, shut your mouth. You already got to talk about movies a few episodes ago, and you'll get to do the bracket with me. Now only I am the regular person for Moody who gets to talk. <laughs> I thought it was a really good year for movies. Oh, now you do. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but I I agree with Cassie. With there's a lot of indie films that I saw this year that I don't think I would have seen other years. I, I don't know if it's just the way that they pitched it or whatever, but yeah. I think they did well too. That's I I think that they th- it seems like this year was better for movies because indie movies got more play. Yeah, I think because all of the big huge movies sucked. Like they they really like this was the year where traditional franchises that should have done well mm-hmm. sucked ass and no one saw like Godzilla. Yes, and which I'm very upset about. But listen, you guys, Godzilla vs. King Kong coming out 2020. You guys got to watch it. It's going to be great. I'm legit excited for that. But we're not here to talk about 2020 yet. So uh, in the last few weeks, Greg, Ryan, and I did pre-bracket movies. So Ryan's favorite movie was Marriage Story. Greg's was The Farewell. And mine was I Don't Remember. Uh, us. us. Thank you. It was us. Uh, what is your – we don't know the bracket. What would you submit for the bracket there, Taylor? Um, I think mine would have to be, uh, I just recently saw it, but Uncut Gems is really fucking good. Like it, it just, it grabs you by the throat and it just holds you down and it does not lit up the entire time. Like every moment you feel uncomfortable 
And that's a that's a good movie. That's what you're into. That, so many people have said that. And I don't know what it means, and I don't want to know. I want to go in it's, knowing I'll be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it just like if you are stressed out by just very normal stressful situations. Uh, like mm-hmm. I, the, these directors are just very good at making you feel stressed out by people yelling at each other over a very mundane thing. Real quick though, oh, do you guys remember a movie called? <laughs> do you guys remember a movie called Son of Saul? No, and it was like the, there was a camera behind a guy, and so you had like a first-person POV like through the Holocaust, yes. and it was horrifying. Uncut Gems isn't that; like, it's no. still a lot of fun panic attacks. Yes, yeah, it, <laughs> the it, panic. yeah. It's it's not like trying to ruin your day, but it will like it makes you feel stressed out. Like it, it, there's just a lot of like no, I've never seen a, a a director or directors that like nail the like like just absolute wall to wall like stress of having a bunch of people who are angry at each other over <laughs> something very small. <laughs> All right, Caitlin, what's your favorite movie of the year? Um, I think it was the year of Taika Waititi and uh there was a movie Jojo Rabbit that I don't it's one of those movies that I did not think that I would see because it's about like Nazi Germany and all this and he's Hitler and I thought it was a really interesting play on it i laughed i cried it was educational there was everything about it i really like jojo rabbit that's where we like we came into that thinking it was going to be devastating but then it was devastating on like a whole different like level that i was ready for but it was it's like charming and devastating i really enjoyed that one it's it's not son of saul (laughs) (laughs) i mean did you guys buy tickets because of like thor ragnarok like what got you in the theater for that movie i saw the commercial and I thought it would be like, a, I don't know. I thought it was going to be fun and educational. And I knew I was going to go in crying, but it was one of those. It's like, I trust. You went in crying. Yeah, I went in. Wow. <laughs> it was a bad day. And she loves Hitler, so she had to say it. <laughs> I knew Taika Waititi did it, and I trusted him to uh, tell a good story and then also like educate me at the same time. Cassie? Yes. So I'm so sorry, you guys. That was <laughs> like... That was the only good movie that I had for this year. I'm so excited for this. I no, wait, hold on, Cassie. I've done an Oscar draft with you. I remember yeah. your third round pick. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Are, do you remember it? When one boy met another boy and they <laughs> fell in love. Because straight up, you guys, uh, it was it surprised me, and I'm prepared to take shit. Detective Pikachu did surprise <laughs> me. I, I'm no. not kidding. Detective Pikachu was very good. It had more heart than I thought. I came in for dope Pokemon and I got a really good like And you got to Papa. Whenever you get to Papa, like it gets your heart and you get Do you, you guys know prize. what that means? Wait, whenever you get to Papa. To Papa. When you get to Papa. It, so wait, a, they, you say you guys have dad issues, so you like movies about dads? Yeah, it, it, was a, it was like a yeah. story about daddy I issues. I have dad issues. I get it. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky and for you. you see it, so you get it. It was a healing moment for all of us. Yes. When in you got Papa. Yeah, Ryan got Reynolds Papa. played a Pikachu. Hmm. The Papa was in the Pikachu the whole time. Whoa, spoilers. <laughs> I didn't hear it, so that's fine. Is, so is it more than Deadpool Light meets Chinatown? Uh <laughs> I yes, don't. It has more heart than okay. that. It really does. <laughs> okay, I don't get that. <laughs> uh, I thought it was really good, though. It really hit me more than I thought a, a Pokemon movie would. And I think of all the movies that came out in this year, it had the most Pokemon. It did. Yeah, yeah. I catch them all. 
fact. So. It had me you too in it. That Oscar. You saw it, right, Greg? I did see it, yeah. And? Uh, I am a recent fan of Pokemon because of Pokemon Go. And every time another Pokemon popped up on the screen, I would say the name of the Pokemon. And my <laughs> wife allowed me to do this. <laughs> she was like, you can do that if you want. I'm like, thank you. That's a Squirtle. <laughs> now, Taylor oh, went to see Cats in a rowdy theater. Yes. Was this a rowdy theater for Pikachu, or were you just screaming over no one? Uh, this we rented it at home. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, so rowdy. Yeah, yeah. So I was mostly telling my wife and my cats about the different Pokemon that I saw, which is fun because that's what they do when they when they <laughs> appear. Uh, and you know, I would say for the first act, it holds together. And then, the, for whatever reason, the third act, they're like, let's get really plot heavy. And it becomes a Pokemon story. Mm-hmm. And I think that my only experience with Pokemon being playing the Pokemon Go game where you just walk around and throw balls at shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I didn't really know the references anymore, you know. Did uh, At any point, did someone say, forget it, Ash, it's Pallet Town? <laughs> no. Or sorry, Jake, it's Detective Pikachu, yeah. the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, this is only the second Pokemon movie to make me cry. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that do you, okay. So, this is your favorite movie of the year. What do you think actually can take down our 2019 bracket? Uh, Uncut Gems. <laughs> it's it's very it's a very fucking good movie. Or my other favorite movie, which I think I've referenced uh, on our previous uh, Oscar draft, a movie that I hated in the theater and for the saw the, like week after, but now I think i really loved the lighthouse was very fucking good it's it's just it's just a really fucking good and extremely weird movie and i love i love watching a bunch of old dudes jerk off in a in a shed (laughs) a bunch yeah that's just a fun time yeah (laughs) caitlin what's gonna take the bracket down Uh, i'm sticking with jojo rabbit i think that was a really good movie all right, you're both being. I right. thought she was going to say that i thought that was a really good pick (laughs) (laughs) taking it down the meg Yes, guys, it was so good. But um, I don't know. How about knives out? Knives <laughs> out. The Pope. I people need to like. People are really into the Pope right now, you know. So if you get two popes, what? What is better than one pope? But two, two, two popes. I'm seeing double four popes. One and and you know when you've got two popes, they can't have been born on the same day. One of those buddies, he's going to be an old pope. The other one. That's a young pope. That's a young pope. <laughs> That's a young pope. Is it if true that if the one. popes touch, they both just turn into like goop? That, I mean, yeah, the pope and the anti-pope. Yeah, that is the best trailer of 2019, though, right? Like, and not the movie, but the HBO show where John Malkovich is like, "I'm the pope now," and he's like, "I don't care who wakes up or whatever." And then the last seconds, Jude Law opening his eyes, guys, yeah. young pope versus old pope. Here we go. <laughs> they changed the fucking name of the show. <laughs> they changed the name of the show just because they brought in another person <laughs> to Detective Pope Jew. <laughs> All right, I'll give the reins back to Ryan. Close it out. That's all I want to talk about, movies. Guys, we have so many end-of-the-year shows coming. Too many, would you say? Yeah, Mm -hmm. more than I'm comfortable with. Should we cut one of these? Um, We're going to finally discover what what made 2019-2019 between uh, next week's Oscar draft, the week after that Century of the Year, the week after that Album of the Year, the week after that TV Comedy of the Year, the week after that TV Drama of the Year, and the week after that... Uh, Moody 2019 happens where Detective Pikachu will face off against Hobbs versus Shaw, yeah. and Cassie will have no idea what to do. I guess you're really breaking me. Did we really not talk about cats at all? No, not not a well, single person brought up cats. I didn't know you could do that on a what, podcast anymore. What, one of the best movies of the year. I had an absolute fucking blast. It was great. 
Uh, speaking of that, please subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, we're going to talk about the best movies of 2019 in the Moody season. But if you're a Patreon subscriber, at some point you're going to hear all of us, and I think Taylor will uh, guest on that episode. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we'll talk about cats. Greg, tell us about a website, please. You could go to yourpopfilter.com. That's our sort of central hub on the internet from which we go out and make all our comedy strikes. Uh, that's that's the website, Ryan. Back to you, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, Taylor, tell us yep. about a website that is like what Greg said, but it's slash and then other words. And then you bookmark that, and then you can buy stuff on Amazon. Oh, okay. So a thing that Greg said was yourpopfilter.com. Correct. And then there's a slash after that, followed by Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. It's a place where you can go and buy things, like Ryan said. Thanks, Ryan. Back to you. Caitlin, tell yes. us about, this is movie of the year, where yes. we discuss what is the best movie of any given year. Tell us about three other podcasts, and let's see if you can do better than Cassie did last Ooh. week. Okay, so you should listen to the OCD, where Mike and Ryan both talk about the OC. It's fantastic, mm. and I love it. And you should go and listen to Superhero Hour Hour. That's another good one, where we talk about every single comic book TV show or comic book property thing. Um, <laughs> All right, so Cassie did that. Do you know what third podcast you're supposed to talk about? What else should I talk about? Are you um, fucking kidding me? I, hey, do, hey, I do not. Not theirs. I oh, d- it's ours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she had a fucking help. <laughs> I would never have guessed that. Uh, Cassie, oh, yeah, I should plug the thing I'm associated with. Cassie and I are on a podcast called Unnatural 20s where we leave the fate of each episode up to the rules of a D20. Uh, we have another host, Books, and we talk about our life in our 20s and also nerd shit. So if you like this, you'll like that too, probably. Cassie, there's only one way to contact contact us now, and it's by email. Do you know what that email address is? Mm, your pop filter? Er, no. Contact. Wrong. So email wrong. address. At- you have to say an email address. Oh. So it's blanketblank.com. Contact at yourpopfilter.com. That is it. Boom. That's what we're talking about. Boom. And uh, why would you write that? What, like, what would you put in an email if you were going to email us? Uh, I just... The guys are great. I love them, especially Ryan. Another, hey, we've we've never received an email. Like Ano-, that. <laughs> Another winner of an episode. That's one we get a lot. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Which it's hard to read that on the show, guys. Yeah. We have to stop complimenting ourselves. Uh, thank you, Cassie, so much. Contact yourpopfilter.com. Mike, are we on social medias? You know we are. We baby. should be. Your pop filter on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you so much, Mike. Taylor next week. Yeah. You are leading us in trying. I'm sorry to interrupt your little fucking sleepiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taylor's become a turned off thing in the front of used car lots. <laughs> no inhalation. Uh, yeah. We're, we're doing albums. We're, we're talking about music. We're, we're talking about beats and bops and boops. We're going to get them all. There's going to be keyboards. There's going to be guitars. There's going to be people. It's going to be grand. And I am going to be slizzard. What are, what are the odds that like a singer songwriter wins the whole bracket? I think it's probably based on the fifty fifty. Yeah, just pure numbers. It's probably upwards of like eighty percent. What are the odds that somebody that we all just heard tonight that like sort of sings like a high Bart Simpson with beats in the back wins? Ooh. A bajillion, a bajillion I, percent. Ba- based on the reception, I think possibly it's very pretty good. good, right? That is the show. Thank you so much for Cassie. I'm Ryan. That's it. It's just me and Cassie. You guys are idiots. Later. 